This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everyone? A big Friday show coming up on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson and Michael Remus with you for the next couple hours discussing the end of the season for the Winnipeg Jets. Stick a fork in them. They're done and went out with a whimper yesterday in Las Vegas, getting thoroughly outclassed by the Vegas Golden Knights, who sent them to the golf course in five games with four straight wins after dropping the uh, the first game of the season. Um, Listen, it was a dismal performance by a team playing for their season and playing for their lives. But unfortunately, it's something that we've seen before from this group on a number of occasions. I mean, this had all the vibes of Game 6 in St. Louis in 2019, which was a complete no-show. couple goals late in the third period, put lipstick on a pig and made the score look better than it really was. And... You know, the Jets pulled a goalie for eight minutes, get one. Vegas more than happy just to run the clock out, not putting any into the empty net, and 4-1 completely flattered the visitors. But this is so much more than an incredible, <clears throat> incredibly disappointing way to end a series and a season. Um, this really does feel like it is the end of an era here in Winnipeg. And while the team showed absolutely no fight or passion on the ice last night, Head coach Rick Bonus did all of that and more after the game in one of the most memorable post-game pressers, certainly in Winnipeg Jets 2.0 history, if not number one on the list, which got people talking around the hockey world and probably set up a very uncomfortable flight back from Vegas for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, we're going to be all over this today, and uh, we've actually expanded the show. I mean, uh, we, we're going to have Scott Billick jump on. Brandon Wiki's going to come on with his thoughts Jeff Hamilton, though, is going to join us in a few minutes from Vegas just before he gets on a plane to come back. Jeff, of course, was in the room asking Bones the questions yesterday. And Mike McIntyre from the Freep as well is going to jump on a little bit later on. Uh, hey, a quick shout out to uh, Colorado Lowe's. Appreciate the uh, gifted memberships for everyone in the chat. Very nice of you, Colorado Lowe's. And shout out to Ben Howard, who just dropped a uh, who just dropped a super chat in and said, you guys should have the Bones necklaces on. After that post game, I got to tell you, the Bones chain is right here. And uh, I think I can speak for some, if not the majority of Winnipeg Jet fans. It says good on you, Rick Bonus, uh, for dropping the veil and saying exactly what needed to be said yesterday. We'll play that for you in just a second to get things going before we bring in our guests. I do want to thank the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen every day. And of course, if you've joined us through the playoffs or you're new around here, hit that red subscribe button um, because with the season ending, we're not going anywhere. And uh, much like last year, I imagine some of our biggest shows and best conversations on this program are going to be throughout this offseason that begins now and starts a little early than I think most people uh, expected at least, you know, considering the way this series started. Um, but man, there is a lot of change coming to uh, to this Winnipeg Jets team, or certainly should be, and we'll get to all of that coming up. But uh, thanks to Modern Man, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend, Country Club, and of course our betting partners over at Cool Bed, and plenty of fodder for the why not question of the day today. 
uh, for our friends at Not Auto Corp overly, over at Waverly and McGilvery. Um, before we bring in the hammer, let's uh, get Remus in here to start things off. Uh, what a dud last night. But uh, I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, as I say, it felt like game uh, six against St. Louis. And you were mentioning beforehand, in a lot of ways, it sort of felt like the way they went out against Montreal in that fourth game, somehow getting to overtime. But another complete no-show for a team that um, had every reason to leave it all out on the ice. Yeah, we thought maybe we'd see a game six back here in Winnipeg, but it wasn't to be. And uh, I mean, you're going to the game and you think, okay, maybe they'll give it a shot here. And you get scored on one minute into the first period. And a lot of the stuff that you saw were the same habits that were during their slump in uh, January, February, and what part of March as well. And part of that slump was what? They got scored, scored on like three minutes into the game. Uh, there was a long streak there, so Rick Bonus did mention that it was the same same crap, I believe was the term he used. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you watch that game, and it was hard to have any optimism at all, and it did bring back a lot of memories, as you said, the Blues, Game 6, and that Montreal, uh, Game 4, which did go to overtime, and I tweeted at you. I mean, I remember watching that game. The Jets had uh, 16 shots on net in three periods of hockey, plus overtime. Hellebuck stopped 39 of 42. And I remember, like, you didn't even want it to get to overtime because it was so obvious uh, they weren't there to win and it wasn't going to happen for them. And eventually, Montreal won an overtime and one of the more anticlimactic overtimes I've ever seen. So, and it just felt, it's just another one on the list. And Rick Bonus had those comments in postgame. We should get to them before Jeff, he asked the questions. And a lot of fans responded in our Twitter, on our Instagram, saying thank you, Rick Bonus, for saying uh, what a lot of us have been think- thinking. And, I mean, what a... I mean, the Jets, what you said, went out with a whimper, but Rick Bonus certainly uh, went out with a bang there. Oh, this was a nuke. This was an absolute nuke from uh, from Bones. Um, and, and Rick Bonus is in a very unique situation. Um, he's as experienced as anyone in hockey. He's seen it all. He's been around highs, lows. Um, he's been in the game for five decades. Um, I, I doubt that he's ever been as disgusted with his hockey team. And he used that word disgusted. We'll play it for you in a minute um, about the club last night. And, um, you know, it was so clear. And I'm interested to have Hammer come on in a few minutes to, uh, to talk about it. It was so clear that this was building for weeks and months, really, through the second half of the season. And we've talked plenty of in this show how Rick had at times sort of changed his tone um, because the truth serum that came out at the start of the year when the team was winning, um, you know, I don't think some players reacted well to it. Well, I can tell you a number of players didn't react well to it. And, um, well, they didn't react well to a lot of things, to personal challenges. Um, You know, when was the last time you've heard a coach on a number of occasions lean on the pride of his team? I mean, that is such an indictment. Um, But to be honest... It was accurate, it was appropriate, and it had to be said. And we've had so many conversations over the last four years about some of the top players on this team, the quote-unquote leaders on this team. Um, And, you know, Mark Scheifele wasn't in the game last night. He obviously is a central figure in all of this. Um, I can't say enough about what what Adam Lowry's done, you know, at the end of this season, through the playoffs. Without Lowry, I don't even think this team makes the playoffs, to be perfectly honest. Um, and you knew it was going to be difficult without Shifley and without Morrissey. And I know Ehlers came back and gave it a go yesterday. 
but a complete disappearing act, as you'll hear from Rick Bonus on the uh, most important players on the club. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor at the top of that list. Um, it really was something. So Hammer's going to join us from Vegas in just a second. But in case you have not heard this already, uh, we'll play it for you in its entirety. It doesn't take very long. This was uh, Mount Bonus erupting after the Jets were bounced from the playoffs last night in the Stanley Cup post-game media scrum with Hammer as well as Ken Murat and the other assembled media that were there in Vegas. Overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It's like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started with, back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top-end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. All right. Short and sweet from Rick Bonus, but uh, 56 seconds of heat that uh, are going to resonate for a long, long time in this city with this fan base and certainly within the organization. Let's bring in Jeff Hamilton right now, who's kind enough to give us a few minutes before he jumps on the bird back to the peg. Hammer, we don't even need to get into the game. We all saw what happened last night. Um, but I have to ask you, um, you've been in a lot of these media scrums before. You've spoken with coaches over a number of years in different cities here in Winnipeg. You've covered this Jets team for a long time. Um, I, what, what were you thinking when you were hearing Rick go off the way that he did? And where does that rank in the most spectacular um quotes and clips we've heard from a head coach considering everything happening around the team. Huss, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Secondly, uh, I've never seen anything like that before. I've never seen, I mean, we've seen Rick Bonus be honest this season. We've seen him be blunt in, in certain occasions. And as you mentioned earlier in the show, we've also seen him be soft a little bit as the season went on, right? I mean, as this team was on the brink of missing the playoffs, he stopped kind of taking that approach. And as you mentioned, you know, by January, mid-January, really from the start of that five-game road trip, um, and then through February and then, then early into March, I mean, this team was something like 7-12-2. So, you know, I, you could tell that, you know, he, that wasn't getting through to the players. And, the, I mean, clearly he just hit his, his breaking point. I mean, when I watched him come into the room and then when he sat down, I mean, I wrote it this way, like he had – his eyes were watering with rage. Like he, he was ready to say something. I, you know, I even, you don't see it on, you don't see it on that, that clip, but he, he gets to the, he gets to the podium there and he goes, all right, this one's going to be short and brief. I think his message was to walk out of there in disgust and certainly, you know, being able to, you know, being able to kind of not jump on his words per se, but, but, you know, when you use words like disgust, you use words, you know, when you call out a player's pride, work ethic, like, I mean, I don't think those, those aren't things that you. Those aren't things that you say about players. I mean, that is the ultimate indictment against against an individual, a professional athlete, right? Who's supposed to have pride. But I think what's very clear here is that 
this frustration has been brewing for for months. And I think, you know, I think what's important, that, you know, to take out of this is, look, Rick Bonus is one of the most respected people in the National Hockey League. I mean, I've talked on this show, other shows. This guy is well-respected amongst every single organization. He can't go into a single NHL city and not be, you know, cornered by, and I'm not talking about, you know, GMs and coaches and scouts and players alike. I'm talking about facility employees. I mean, this guy is well-respected. And, and most importantly, having played for the Winnipeg Jets, having coached the Winnipeg Jets, you know, 1.0, and now coaching the Jets 2.0, I mean, he cares a lot about the city. He cares a lot about the fans. He understands how important this team is to the city. And I think he just wanted to set the record straight. The fact of the matter is, Huss, he pulled back the curtain. We've been talking about this forever. He pulled back the curtain and exposed the dysfunction that is the Winnipeg Jets. And the only hope from here on out is that the top of the of, of the of the ladder, that Mark Chipman heard what he said and actually does something to improve it. I mean, you got to think that that front office is livid right now. I mean, I don't know if Bonus quit last night. I mean, oh, like, you know, they're trying to sell tickets here. I mean, that was, I think that was the most refreshing 50, whatever, six seconds um, that we've, we've seen. And certainly in my experience covering several teams in several cities, I've never seen anything like it. And that was just, it was incredible. Yeah, you know, Jeff, uh, you hit on a couple things there. I mean, you know, certainly that was loud and clear for everyone that needed to hear it. And, uh, I mean, I, I am of the opinion that I think people inside hockey operations have known some of these things for a while. But uh, whether it was too difficult to move on, they didn't feel it was the right plan, whatever, they continued to go back. I mean, Kevin Chevaldeoff sold a fan base on, I believe the word was a seismic change. And certainly I think you could say the atmosphere around the team changed considerably. Um, the way of doing things changed considerably. But as they got through this season, uh, it was the same old team that was out there that was regressing back to, um, you know, what they've done to disappoint in the past, despite the talent that they had in there. And Rick Bone, I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, for someone like me, um, and even you guys to, you know, challenge players' heart, challenge players' character. I mean, that's not an easy thing to go out in media. I mean, a lot of people will say that. Fans will say those sort of things. But, I mean, you, I, I have always thought you need to be very careful and you need to be responsible when you're talking about those sort of things when it comes to pride and character. The one guy that knows it more than anyone is the guy in the room. And Absolutely. that is why that is why I mean, you know at the end of a season like this where he had obviously been biting his tongue for the last two plus months watching all the work that they put in go down the drain because of a lack of engagement a lack of will on you know a part of the most some of the most important players on this club I mean to me it was an absolute breaking point I think he was embarrassed for the way his team came out last night and again that's part of being a head coach I mean you are responsible for that team going out but I mean this in a way at least the way I took it and I think the majority of fans took it was this is a joke. We've done everything we can to empower these players to go out to give their best. And that wasn't even close to what they're capable of. And considering the stakes, it is a huge black mark on so many players in that locker room. And if there was any questions about it, he made sure everybody knew in all caps exactly what the deal was with the Winnipeg Jets.
Plus, look, we've thrown out a lot of words here. There's one we're missing, and it's one that's been around for years, arguably since the beginning of this organization in the 2011-2012 season, accountability. There's no accountability on this team. There's nobody who wants to come out and, and, and own it, right? I mean, you have, a, you have a leadership group led by, you know, Blake Wheeler before he got his C-strip that didn't feel like it was his responsibility to come out and speak on behalf of his team. I mean, Adam Lowry is the exception. Josh Morrissey is the exception. Mark Shifley doesn't doesn't care, doesn't care about talking about his game. He doesn't feel like he needs to be accountable to media, which is a conduit to the fans. I mean, this has been a problem for how long? I mean, you'll recall how many years ago was it under Paul Maurice when I was asking about questioning accountability, right? Which you're right. It's a, it's a sensitive topic. It's a sensitive thing to question a team on, but we've done it. I mean, I did it years ago when Paul Maurice told me he could make me cry in that room. Right. That's where the, that's what that quote came out of was asking because, I, you know, you went to the locker room and he was talking about how the, co- you know, the players were talking about how the, it's the coach's job to keep the players accountable. Then you go talk to the coach and he's talking about it's the players jobs to keep the players accountable. And, and it just goes in this circle. It's like, well, who's supposed to keep keep each other accountable here? I mean, this this is an ultimate black mark. And the, and the crazy thing about it, too, is it's been trash forever, man. Like this, like this to your point, like it took a Rick bonus being so frustrated <laughs> From his team's, again, lack of accountability, lack of passion, lack of pride, lack of perspective. I mean, how many times have I come on your show and talked about all these things? It, it takes him to come out there and pull the curtain and show everybody that this team, and it's not everybody, man. It's not like there isn't good people in that locker room and accountable people in that locker room. The problem is it's the key players. You know, it's the Blake Wheelers. It's the Mark Shifleys. It's the, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Let's face it. I mean, he's been, he's played well for the Jets, but he was checked out the last month. And how about that game last night? I mean, that you oh. could throw that in his highlight reel clip with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's gone, man. Like he's, he's checked out. Like these guys are gone. And I think, I think the point of, of one of the big points of Rick Bonus's presser last night was to, was understand, fully understanding that those guys are gone. And that if, the, if they think that they're just going to get away, you know, leave this organization, join somewhere else. Rick Bonus sent a message to the 31 other teams in the NHL that if you want these guys, this is what you're getting. And he, and he said it clearly and he said it pointedly. And it will be absolutely fascinating when the Jets meet with the media tomorrow. Because the fans, if you want to know who's accountable, you know, who's accountable for, the, you know, responsible for for their, their, you know, lack of effort or whatever, their year, their season, we'll see how many guys deke out of or duck out of tomorrow's availability. Because I, I got a gut feeling that there's not a lot of people that are going to want to face the music tomorrow after Brick Bonus's comments, and that's going to tell you everything you need to know. And it's sad because, you know, this team had talent, right? This team had promise. And, and really, it, it, became, it became a lack of perspective, a lack of attitude, and a lack of accountability that led to this team essentially achieving nothing. I mean, if you look at, if you look at like, this was always going to be the lasting legacies of Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, you know, those guys who have been, you know, the first ever draft pick, the first, you know, the guy who was captain this team for, for forever before losing his C. I mean, this is your legacy. Rick bonus just cemented your legacy with this team. This team did absolutely nothing under these guys leadership. And if you ask them, they're just, you know, patting their hands and saying, thank you very much. It's over. I mean, that that's, and I know people are really critical of media and, Oh, you're, you're, you're harsh and blah, blah. And you know, players try and whatnot. I mean, you got to be around these guys every, every day. I mean, it's, 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 it really is a lack of perspective. It's a lack of accountability. It's all those things we've been saying, 
And it's and it's and it's and it's so obvious, and it, it is refreshing when you get the coach, as you mentioned, the one guy who has been who has coached twenty six hundred games as a head coach or or an assistant coach who's who's been a coach for 40, 40 years has seen everything. For him to come out and say what he did, it took a lot, man. And I'm telling you right now, change is a coming. I I don't know what it's going to look like, and I know. Fans are, you know, I already getting the messages on social media. Yeah, we heard that. We heard that. We heard that. There's absolutely no way out of this now. There has to be change. It's going to be affected in season tickets. I'm already getting emails from people saying that press conference just cemented. I'm not signing up for next year. Once you hit, once you hit the bottom line, things have to change. So it's going to be, you know, we already knew it was going to be an interesting an interesting off season. It just got that much more interesting after. Well, well and, and you right. know what? I mean, from my perspective, I mean, this is, this is a welcome, a, a welcome development. Um, I, I think we all agreed. And I think the organization, you know, from talking to people in there, I think we knew that there was going to be some significant changes coming. Um, and that was very, very clear the way the team stunk in the final couple months of the season before finding a way to get off the mat and squeeze into the playoffs after blowing that big lead that they had. But to have this go the way that it did, to end with such a thud, and then a guy with as much respect as Rick Bonus has to put an exclamation mark on everything that so many of us have known, have been talking about for a while... There's absolutely no other way out. And and I would suggest this. I mean, I think we knew that there was going to be some changes. They were for, they were going to be forced into some changes. I think with the way that things have gone um, over the last number of years and, you know, the end of this season, the similar habits of this team creeping in in other years, uh, there's obviously guys at the top of the list that we've mentioned will be moving on. I mean, I don't know there's very many quote-unquote untouchables on this team. And I guess the big question is, and we'll kind of get to this probably on Monday after we hear from the team and speaking, is, you know, who's going to be pulling the trigger on those changes? Do they move forward with the same guys that have been making the decisions? Are they able to do a full turnover like this team needs? Or, um, you know, is it time for other people to be making, uh, to to be calling those shots? Um it, it, but right now, uh, just going into this weekend, what do you expect to hear? Like wh- when we hear from Rick again, he'll have had some time to step away from the game to move on a little bit. Um, he knows the way. He's no dummy. I mean, this was he, he knew that he had to say this. He wanted to say it. He did it. Um, will he dial that down a little bit? And and how do you think that resonates amongst the players that we do hear from? And maybe most importantly. Kevin Sheveldayoff and Mark Chipman whenever we hear from them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Rick Bonus is going to come out tomorrow and probably talk about how the motions got the better of him, but I don't think he's going to he's going to walk back any of his comments. I mean, I mean, he's not he that shouldn't. guy and he shouldn't. And I mean, I, I mean as far as as far like and you want to talk about accountability. I mean, top down. I mean, Mark Chipman doesn't even talk to media. Like he I don't think he can he can get away with not addressing this. I mean, for for an owner who is that in, as involved as Mark Chipman is with every single decision essentially that this team makes, there's absolutely no way you can get away with not talking and addressing this. To be quite frank, I think Rick Bonus body bagged uh, Kevin Shevelday off. I mean, what like he could be gone by the end of the weekend. Will he? Absolutely not, because there's so much loyalty in this program. But how do you justify keeping a general manager when you've won three playoff series in 12 seasons? Like, like honestly, how do you justify it? Like, what, what, what makes Winnipeg so different 
than every other NHL team in, 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 in the league. Like what make like it's not even in the same realm. Like the the, the expectation of winning, of of producing a, a good culture, that falls on the general manager. The coach's job is to do the best, get the best out of the players that you have. Look, if you look at other teams, man, sometimes it's two or three seasons. Sometimes maybe it's four or five. Sometimes it's one. You know, this organization is given, like, what is he? Is he got a lifetime contract here? Like, that's the absolute bananas part of, of this. And and the reality is, is Kevin Sheldon's still under contract. So, the, you know, with, with how much Mark Chipman's talking about the bottom line and whatnot, maybe this is a financial thing. But the reality is, is there's no way that this team is going to be able to retool. There's no way that like if things got if things were difficult in attracting players before they just got way worse. <laughs> so th- this is going into a full rebuild, and if, if if this goes into a full rebuild, how can you possibly have Kevin Shevoldayoff at the helm making the decisions? And you know this isn't personal. This you know Kevin Shevoldayoff is a good person, but you cannot, as an organization, for the sake of your fans, for the sake of season ticket uh, holders, for the sake of the future of this franchise, give this guy the opportunity to rebuild after more than a decade you've done enough you've given him enough it's time to move on it's time to find a new leader in the group and who that is not my job don't know but you got it mark chipman needs to find he's got a lot of contacts in the nhl he's he is well respected amongst gary bettman and and the gms and all those things he's got to go out there and find somebody else because if he doesn't this you can't get away with it anymore you cannot no longer go with the same thing and this is gonna this is sounds like a you know like a broken record because it's been year in and, and year out of saying you know surely there's going to be change surely there's going to be change and there's not this has to happen because the consequences of doing nothing now have hit an all-time high and it's 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 got to be it will be absolutely incredibly fascinating on what happens but changes need to happen and they need to happen soon yeah, we've often talked about this window of uh, the core, and, uh, you know, they kicked the can down the road a couple of years to try to keep it together. I mean, it's backfired spectacularly, I would suggest. I mean, I think the value of some of the players where they are right now is far less than it would have been if they'd moved on it and made some aggressive and courageous moves before. Um, and now they're going to be forced into it with players on shorter contracts. But I- I'm not sure that, you know, the uh, with the recipe for this is a massive, massive overhaul. And you can call it a retool, a rebuild. The bottom line is there's a lot of guys that need to be moved out of this team and you need to bring in some fresh players, some fresh faces, some new attitudes, and and and, and build a culture of accountability, as we've said, but also competitiveness. Um, so many times we've seen this team wilt and and this series was maybe a, a perfect example of that, Jeff. We saw the best of the Jets early on, and when the opponent stepped up their game and challenged them, absolutely faded. And um, there's so many people with a hand on this right now. We're going to be talking about it all day, but, I mean, tomorrow will be, just before we go, because we'll bring in Bill Accountant, you got to get on the flight. Um these availabilities tomorrow will be, and there's been some very memorable ones in the past at the end of disappointing seasons here in the, in the peg. Um, you know, who speaks is a big question and what we hear from others, because it could very well be a farewell or a swan song from a number of players that have been here in the peg wearing a jet Jersey for a long time. Absolutely. I mean, if, if, if yesterday was telling tomorrow will be even more so. And, and I mean, 
who knows maybe guys do come out maybe this does inspire people maybe you know maybe they shoot back maybe they maybe they take it i i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there but this is uh you're right i mean the, the reality is is you can't just you know when you need to do when when you're a team that needs a complete overhaul with your culture it's it's not just one or two people you, you know you you kind of have to clean house you got to get rid of that that toxicity that exists i mean um it'll be interesting tomorrow right because all those guys we mentioned i mean it's it's a very interesting situation to ask a guy who's already under contract the next year if he expects to be back you know what i mean and, and that's the reality of of tomorrow but i mean they made their own bed in this man now they got to sleep in it and we'll we'll uh we'll move forward and and uh, again, start what should be an, a fascinating offseason if it didn't yeah, already well, get underway yesterday. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, it was started the second that that final buzzer uh, went. And, I mean, Rick Bonus kicked it off with, uh, with, as I said, an absolute nuke yesterday for uh, for this team and the organization. And uh, certainly is going to give us a lot to talk about over these next few months. Listen, really appreciate you jumping on with us on short notice before you jump on that plane. It's going to be a very interesting weekend. Uh, we'll have more time to chop this up on Monday. Really looking forward to having you back on our usual slot and uh, getting to all of this in the shrapnel coming out of last night in this season, Hammer. Appreciate it, Huss. You know, anytime I uh, can hop on, always love to. And uh, shout out to the uh, commenters, viewers. They're the, they're the ones that make the show. Good stuff. Well, actually, there's a hell of a lot of them here. And I knew this was going to be a massive show today, but... Uh, over 800 already this early in the program. Welcome, everyone. If you are new here, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Winnipeg Sports Talk is where you're going to want to be on a daily basis throughout the offseason, covering everything happening around the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you can't join us live, it's there for you at your convenience. And make sure to uh, find us on podcasts wherever you get your favorite pods. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hit that subscribe button and uh, the audio will be there in the afternoons, Monday to Friday, right after we finish our show. Uh, we're going to continue with Billick. We'll also have Brandon Rewicki a little bit later on and Mike McIntyre for their thoughts on the end of the season. Uh, just before we do that, got to thank our friends at Modern Man Barbershops. Now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including two new locations on Pemina Highway, right near the university, or Plessy Road out on the east side. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look via modernmanbarber.com and make an appointment there. Or, of course, you can also follow them on Instagram, at modernmanbarbershops. Well... The offseason's here for the Winnipeg Jets and their fans. Thinking about summer? Why not make 2023 the year you take the plunge with Aquatech? Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing for designers as well as financing options that suit you. Um, and in addition to the outside of your home, whole home renovations start with Aquatech. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. Aquatech is ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Well, the power has gone out for uh, the Jets, and we're on to the offseason, but uh, the good times keep rolling at Manitoba Battery, celebrating their 10th birthday with more sales for everyone getting ready for summer fun. Right now, they're blowing out golf cart batteries. For those of you that uh, obviously enjoy the Manitoba courses or rip around from lot to lot during the summer from your getaway. Six-volt golf cart batteries are at 167 
8-volt golf cart batteries are 177 and those prices include free delivery anywhere in city limits. And when you return your course to Manitoba Battery, you'll receive another $17.50 off what's already the lowest price in Manitoba for golf cart batteries. Get them now so you can be ready for May long weekend and summer fun. The sale goes from now until May 6th. Pop by and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. For more information, check them out online at manitobabattery.com. And a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. CFL preseason coming up later on this month, or training camps at least. Preseason coming up. Won't be long before we're enjoying CC at the Rum Hut and Canadian Club and Ginger at IG Field. But the CC and Ginger is available now in 473 milliliter cans at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart and beer vendors. All right, let's get Billick in here for his thoughts on last night. Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun next up on a packed edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if you want to talk about the game. It was so forgettable for so many unfortunate reasons. But, Scotty, I mean, as I said to Hammer, I mean, you guys have been in a lot of these scrums for a long time. What, what was your initial reaction when you saw Bones drop that heat for 56 seconds and then walk out? Can I say it? Can I yeah, say, can hold, say, can I say holy shit? Yeah. Because that, that's the first thing I said. I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> this, guy, this guy has said exactly what a lot of us have written over the years, a lot of what fans have, uh, have thought, and... And the things that I've seen in my emails and my DMs and, 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 you know, just talking amongst reporters and talking with you guys on these types of shows. And, and, and Rick Bonus just came out and he like, I mean, I mean, he literally did like a, a one minute autopsy on this team, pointed out all the problems with this team in, in, in a single minute and then got up and walked away. Like, you know, like it, it was the best mic drop I've ever seen from a head coach in the NHL. But and, and so that was the holy shit moment. But like the 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 real thing was just like, like this is a guy who's who's seen it all in the NHL over five decades. He's been the Cup final with Dallas. He's watched a team build uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's been on teams inaugural years of teams. He's this guy's been everywhere. And for him to come out, and I don't think he was just pointing the fingers at the players last night. He was pointing the fingers all over the place. He was pointing. I think he pointed the finger all the way up the top of the ivory tower last night. I think he pointed it right at Mark Chipman. I think he pointed it at Kevin Shovel Day off. I think he pointed it at obviously the players. But like, I mean, you look at 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 where this team has been since its quote unquote glory days, which was essentially a year and a half. Um, you know, where has it gone to? You know, and, and, and we've talked about, I mean, it was the players last year that essentially came out and, and, and questioned, you know, the inner workings, the, the inner dysfunction of this team, the, the pride and, and, and the, um, the accountability and, 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 and all that stuff, playing for one another. And now you have a brand new head coach to this team come in and after a year with the team says the exact same thing, essentially. And he had no real, you know, you know, a, uh, a base to go off of last year. I mean, he said it all year. I don't. I wasn't here. I, I didn't see it. But he comes out. At He's the seen end it of now. Here, exactly. <laughs> he comes out at the end of this season. At the end of the, at, at 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 the worst moment for those players, the hardest for anybody there to take that you get bounced from the playoffs. And he says the exact same thing. And I'm sitting here and I'm wondering to myself, what the hell has changed with the Winnipeg Jets? 
Well, and, and, and never mind, never nothing. mind this this year. I mean, well, I, I was saying earlier, and I tweeted this out that game, the way they came out, the way they were just completely outclassed on a different level yeah. when it comes to compete, will. I mean, you you name it. It reminded me of Game Six against St. Louis in 2019, yeah. and it got me this thinking. Is this well. Listen, something, this team went rotten in the second half of that of that season. Uh, we saw, I mean, a precipitous decline from where they were at the top of the entire league with one of the most talented rosters in the league bowing out in the first in the in the first round. And if you recall that series, I mean, they lost the first two at home, came back and won the next two in St. Louis. We're we're up to nothing in game five, and we don't need to relitigate that, but I mean, a harsh memory for a lot of fans. And then to go to St. Louis and just a complete no show. And I know they just got a shorthanded goal and one, it ended up being like 3 2 in the scoreboard. It wasn't even close. Um, but in a lot of ways, thinking about that game last night, watching what was happening with the Vegas Golden Knights, just made it more clear that we've known. And certainly management should have known that there were big, big problems dating back to that point. And whether it was the head in the sand nature of trying not wanting to believe it, having too much invested in it, they've basically been spinning their tires trying to make this work for the last four seasons since that point. And it's been getting progressively worse. And um, we saw it end with a thud last night. I think it includes the entire core this entire group many of the top players on this team uh and there was no holding back for rick bonus and if anyone anyone around this team or anyone that pays attention wasn't entirely convinced that that was the case rick told us in all caps in 56 seconds yesterday after the game yeah I, and, and and the thing i don't understand so like i get it there's a lot of i mean i don't know how many are in the chat right now and i, and I don't mean to single you guys out but there, there is a sect of this fan base that has the roads tinted glasses on and, you know, in Chevy, we trust hashtag and all that, all that crap. And we're at a point now where like, how, how do you trust management here? Like you literally brought in a head coach to try and change the culture around. And he came out to the podium last night, essentially screaming uncle and then waving a white flag. Like there is no way back. I, I don't see a way out of this. For Mark Chipman, when it comes to Kevin Chevaldeo, sorry, I don't see a way out of it for him. I don't understand how I, we were already hearing the murmurs of this last night. Oh, this is going to be the biggest off season for Kevin Chevaldeo in his, you know, whatever in his thirteen years. He's going, he's literally going into his thirteenth off season. He's won three playoff series. Vegas has won eight in six years, us. And I don't want, I don't want to hear the thing. Oh, this team. You know, this team won three playoff series, equaled the number that the Jets had won, actually more than the Jets had won at that point in the playoffs, in their first season in the National Hockey League. In their first season. Kevin Shoveldayoff has had this team under his control for 12 seasons and now going into potentially a 13th great offseasons. There's not a damn thing to show for it right now. And the only thing that we're talking about right now is how uh, much of a disaster that this club has become and how much of a it's a joke. It, it, it's honestly, it's the, it, it is the punchline of a joke right now, the Winnipeg Jets. And, 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 and that's a problem. That's a huge problem for this city. I, the, the juxtaposition of Rick Bonus last night for one minute and that stupid ad that the Jets put out for season tickets, man. Like, how do you sell season tickets 
with that Rick bonus thing. How do you play that video anymore and saying it takes all of us when last night you had half of your players not even show up to a a, a must win hockey game? How, how it takes all of us? Yeah, yeah it put takes, it this way: they're not going to be using it, too man. much tape from Game Five against Vegas in the uh, in the next thing that they no, roll but, out. But, but I mean, to me, that there was. Yeah, so I mean, well, well, what do you mean? They just quit and like rack it down. I mean, those people have jobs to do. They're trying to do what they have to do, and that's put some more butts I, in seats. I get it. Yeah. But a big part of that goes to the it's direction the of the hockey club, and yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that there is uh, waning confidence in you know a number of aspects of the way that this team has been built, but also their willingness or ability to make the necessary changes that need to happen to move this thing forward. That being said, Bones might have done them the biggest favor of all because I don't know how, after what we heard last night and considering the situation, I don't think that there is any other option than to make massive changes with the hockey club. Now, as far as who's making those decisions, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people that think there needs to be someone new. I mean, they absolutely don't have to do that. I mean, there's only one guy that's going to make that call, and it's Mark Chipman himself. And if he has the confidence that Kevin Chevalier the guy, they can go with that. There's probably some, you know, there's some repercussions of that as well with some people that, you know, that might want to be involved. But here's the thing. No matter what, whoever the person calling the shots is, I think that there's never, it's never been more important that this team lays out the roadmap of where yeah. they're going for the people that support this hockey club right now. Because um, the team and the fan base has been banging their heads against the wall for four straight seasons without really any results to show for it and diminishing uh, value of the assets that are now probably going to be moved. Um, it's a confidence of, like we've talked about the conf- uh, crisis of confidence in the team at times, the way they look down the stretch. I would be saying, be lying if I said there wasn't that amongst a big, big part of this uh, of this team. And listen, the business side is important, and we'll talk about you know what yeah, that's yeah. going to help them to sell tickets and all that stuff. I mean, obviously, everyone wants it to work and want that to happen. But as far as just the hockey conversations, this team has to look massively different. And I'm not just talking about. Shifley and Dubois and potentially Hellebuck because of where their their contracts are. Right. I mean, it, it, there's never been, I'm not sure there's a team in this entire league that needs more massive and thorough turnover than the Winnipeg Jets right now. And if you didn't believe it, you better now after hearing what Rick had to say last night because he's in the middle of it. No one's more experienced. No one's closer to it. And uh, if, if there was any doubt, <laughs> there shouldn't be any more. No, 100%, Hust. And, and, and that's, uh, I just don't understand. I, I don't know where this team goes because you could, okay, you could try and sell a rebuild to this team, but then you really have to clean house, right? And that means also trading Ehlers and Connor. And the only guy you probably keep around is Josh Morrison because he signed for five more years, right? That's the only guy that you can really think that, that you can keep on this team because as soon as you try and start rebuilding now, Hey, you get rid of the contracts now, but then you have another two seasons and you have more contracts that you have to worry about. And are even those guys going to want to stay? And then, okay, so if you don't do that, do you want to try and retool on the fly? Well, this team needs such a massive operation to retool on the fly. Like, there's no identity on this team, right? This team got beat up and down the ice by Vegas in all but one game in one period. And, and 
you know, you look at Vegas, you look at their defense core, you look how big all those guys are, how long it took for them. Well, it took them less time to put it together because they, they've had it, but they've had some really good players. That, that team has an identity on its defense. You watch them, how they collapse, how they block shots in that series, how, how they didn't let a lot of things get through to Laurent Bossois. That is a style and that is a type of team that you have to build by getting players to do that. You have to, there's so much that has to be done. That it, it's not going to take one off season. You, you, you literally cannot change the fabric of a team like that. Um, unless it all, like, I mean, every star would have to align for you to go out and get this player and that player and this player and all of them to play that way. But the problem, and the other problem, you, know, you have a team right now that has a bunch of players that, that seemingly don't really want to be coached, you know, like and when, 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 it, when the shit hits the fan with this team, there are guys that just go on their own ways. They start pulling on a different rope than the rest of the team. And, and it, it, it's, it's selfish. It's embarrassing for the players that do that. But it, the problem is that you almost, I mean, you can blame the players fully, but this is something that this team and this management group let get away for years. And that's the other problem, right? Like, don't tell me Mark Chipman didn't know that there was culture's issues with this team, right? Don't tell me that, well, I know Kevin Chevaldeoff, but they, they turned a blind eye. They, they, they neglected the incompetence within this team to kind of have the culture. They let one or two players dictate where some of their best players would go. Patrick Liney is not on this team anymore um, because of Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. And, and, and that's a problem. You have to really change who leads this team and who is actually running this team. And it shouldn't be the dressing room. The dressing room can run itself, but when it comes to all these other problems that they've had with acquiring players and keeping players and almost forcing players out, essentially, um, you know, that has to be nipped in the bud by the management, by by Kevin Sheldayoff or whoever the GM is. And, you know, it, it's just, it's such a monumental disaster right now. It's like, and like, that's, I can't get over that thought of like this team needs such a, such a redo that it's going to take more than one season to do. It's probably going to take a few. And then at that point, are you not really just essentially talking about a full-blown rebuild and a full-blown culture rebuild and a full-blown leadership rebuild and all of these things? And, and, and that's going to be a tough sell, I think, in this environment to do it at the same time, but I, you know what? I, I, I don't listen, know. I, I'm, I'm not sure that that is. I, and, and here's okay. a why not question of the day for you folks in the chat. Let us know. <laughs> I mean, you know, presuming your people that, you know, go to games that support the team, whether you're season ticket holders or sharing or go to a number of games on the side, like, what are you thinking about that? I mean, significant trades, probably some pain over the next season or two to completely turn this thing over, bring in, some young players that have energy, that have some excitement, that want to be there, that you can at least count on going out and giving, you know, earning their check every night by working as hard as they can and, and envisioning the city. Like, I, I was so burnt this morning thinking about this show, what we were going to say, and I know people thought that I was going to completely yeah. fly off the handle. Uh, I, I almost just wanted to go and grab the clip of what I had to say on the show after that last loss in San Jose. Because that, to me, like this is just a, a smaller example of the bigger problem that we saw in our faces for two months that kind of led up to that before the team 
you know, basically beat up on some bad teams to get in. And if there's if there's one thing that I think we can describe these top players and the culture of the best players on the Winnipeg Jets that are the most important, a number of the guys that we mentioned, is empty calories, man. Like, yep. you know what? They'll get their two and one when they're playing against the Ducks and, uh, you know, everyone's getting on the score sheet when you're taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. The minute you get, they got challenged by legit playoff teams uh, and a team like the Vegas Golden Knights that had a big pushback after they looked so great in the first little bit, they just wilted um, and fell apart. And there was absolutely, and I'll use Rick Bonus's terms, there was no pushback. We've seen that over and over again. And, um, and you know, and that is why Rick Bonus talks about things like character and pride. And I guarantee you, in his 50 years, I don't think he's probably ever had a rant that's even close to what he had to say yesterday no. because it's so rare to be in a situation that you would call out a team like that and go there. But he did. And um, as I say, this is for anyone and both outside of the organization, but more importantly in, that maybe wasn't fully on board with what needs to happen. I think we know it right now, but I do think a lot of fans, like, they know the same thing. Like, is that not obviously what this team has to do? I mean, yeah. no, literally, and we, we call it blow it up. I mean, and hey, let's face it. This is that's a team that's all, that's all, that mantra the whole along from, from coming in Atlanta was drafting and developing. Well, got away from that over the last few years thinking that they had this Stanley Cup contender. This team isn't contending for anything right now with the way that it's made and the guys that they are leaning on to be the guys to take them there. I think they've realized that, and uh, they have to make these massive moves. And you know what? If it is for some picks and some younger players that might not come in with that sort of um, resume, I think people will be fine with that. The one thing people won't be fine with is trying to make a few little changes around the periphery of it and then sell it. Hey, you know what? We still believe in these guys. The belief is long gone. That left the door for most people a while ago. And uh, any people that were still there, I think, walked out along with Bones last night. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I think if you do nothing but like, you know, a little a little minor surgery here and there, um, this team will kill itself, right? I mean, that that's essentially what will happen. It will. So we, we, we want to say right now that this is 100% an NHL city and all that stuff. But if you alien, if you disrespect your fan base by trying to pull the wooler eyes and trying to say, Ooh, this isn't fantasy hockey, you know, that stupid comment that that was made during that thing. And, 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 and really like you can only disrespect your fan base for so long before they turn on you. And, and, and we're at a point in my opinion that, I mean, this, this has to be, this, this summer has to be handled with a, a surgeon's precision. It has to be because they're, they're teetering on a knife edge by, by, but what my opinion has been just complete neglect of the fan base over several years and 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 thinking that and and the arrogance the arrogance that like, I don't think from they're this. even teetering on it dude I well, think maybe, they've maybe gone way over the maybe, edge maybe, I mean yeah, I think that has been happening I think like sure. that ship has sailed um right. so, everyone knows L- let me ask you this though as we yeah. get to tomorrow because um Brandon's going to come on and I'm interested to get his take on all of this but what do you expect to hear tomorrow from the players? And quickly on Bones, I mean, 
Is he the guy next year? Did he just quit in front of him? I mean, I, like, I think that's a legitimate question considering where he's at in his career, the fact that he doesn't need it, and how exasperated, depressed, and it sounded like damn right embarrassed he was about what he's been working with for the last year. Yeah, I'm not sure he quit. Um, I think he said, I mean, I think what he did do is though he sent a warning shot out last night. I think that was it, right? Like, I mean, you 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 went ahead last season, brought me in to do this culture-changing job, all this stuff with the players that you were willing to, you know, you were going to keep them here, and you were tasking me with to change it, and I did everything I possibly could to try and change it, and look where it got us. Um, you know, I think the only way that Rick Bonus is back next year is if there's some sort of um, massive, massive overturn of, of, of this roster. Um, let's not mistake it. Rick Bonus had a tough year. He had a tough year. That COVID... Early on in the year, that that took him out for a while, and I remember being on the road when he was on his first couple of road trips early, and and you know we were asked you know if, could we just let Scott O'Neill talk to us that day because Rick was having struggling with with just you know staying upright right like staying upright he was having some health issues, um, the bright lights were getting to him like he has long COVID he had long COVID symptoms and and so it, it, that is a tough year and, and I think I mean we saw it last night I mean he let it all out right he let everything out and and as far as tomorrow. I'm interested to see what Rick Bonus says if he's still there. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Kevin Shoveldayoff has to say. Uh, and and you know, as far as the players go, I mean, I'm interested to see who shows up in front of that mic tomorrow. You know, if you if you're Mark Shifley or whoever, or do you even show up tomorrow to talk to the media? Like, I wonder if you know you're already gone. Uh, you show up. I mean, that that's the other interesting thing about tomorrow is who's actually going to show up and talk in front of the media, right? I mean, I think. I think that's another thing. I, you know, I, I, it, it, I think it's supposed to be somewhat mandatory tomorrow, but you know, we, we know after, you know, Dustin Bufflin didn't show up after that, after the St. Louis series, he, he wasn't there. Um, and then he was gone the next year. I mean, he didn't play. He so never came back. He never came back. <laughs> and so, you know, like, I, I just wonder, I wonder what it's like, because last night, what, what Rick bonus said that, that, I mean, for any player, it doesn't matter how arrogant you are. I mean, that, that cut, that cut to the heart of a lot of things last night. Um, and, and that was a, that was an indictment, an indictment on 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 how this yeah, team. And that's not some played. fan on a message board. That no, is a no, fifty-year veteran, right, of the National who's Hockey seen League. It all. Who's, seen who's, it all. who's absolutely who's seen it all. Coached the Stamkos and the Headmans and the and the, the Jamie Bens and the Sagans and and all these players over his years, right? And and to say essentially come out and say this is the worst bunch of players that I've ever coached, because that's essentially what he said. I mean that that hurts, right? From 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 the from the Mark Shifley's right down to the Carson Coolmans, right? And even though I mean you wouldn't blame it on Carson Coolmans and the and the Fialbies and all that, I mean that still hurts because you're part of that team and and you live and die as a team and all yeah, that. I mean, he was talking about. But, I mean, listen, well, you can he can talk about the depth players. Yeah, I mean, we no. know exactly who he was talking <laughs> about. I mean, the a, guys that yeah. you need to you need to be yeah. your best players, and uh, they weren't even close he, last night. Thing, huh? Just to close out that question. Tomorrow, I think I think tomorrow could be an explosive day for another reason is that anybody who comes and sits up there can say essentially anything they want to say, and it's probably not going to hurt worse than what Rick Bonus said. So it could be open night or open mic night tomorrow, uh, you know, during that day. And and honestly, like I would, I you know, for the guys that are probably going to be around here and the leaders that you want around here, Josh Morrissey, Adam Lowry. You know, Brendan Dillon, like guys like that are, that are still under contract and guys that 
That, that's it's a short list. It's it, a it, short it, it, list. It's a short list. And I'm probably missing a couple. Um, but, you know, those are the guys that need to come out and almost set the tone. Like, hey, we're taking over this team. And this is the way it needs to be done. And, and let management know that. They're under a contract, right? These are the guys that are going to be there. And you don't want Josh Morrissey demanding a trade out of Winnipeg. I'm not saying that he would be doing that. But if you're Josh Morrissey, I, I mean, here's a guy who's probably the next captain of this team, if not Adam Lowry, whoever it is. It's it doesn't one of those really two guys. It is one of those two guys. But those guys, and I almost hope tomorrow that they take it right by the reins tomorrow and, 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 and say what needs to be said. And go from there because the message also has to come from the guys you have under contract and not the core pieces that you're going to get rid of this summer. They all know who they are, right? This is about this is about starting tomorrow as it was started last night of really trying to get this team back on the railroad on the railroad tracks because it is so far derailed right now. That, 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 that I, I don't know. I don't know. Bones blew up the uh, yeah. tracks last night. Bones <laughs> put the TNT on the tracks and blew the whole thing <laughs> up. Billick, thanks for doing this, yeah. man. We'll see you at the rink over the, on the weekend. Great stuff. There's a Scott yeah. Billick from the Winnipeg Sun. Um, Ruiki's ready to go. Mike McIntyre is going to join us as well. Getting some of our favorites to weigh in on what we've heard just before we bring in Brandon. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, need to pop by one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca, carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too. Uh, If you're looking to get your healthy fats in an easy, efficient way, benefiting your skin, brain, joint, and heart health, Health First Omega Supreme is there for you. You'll get your healthy fats the easy way with this one-a-day soft gel and Health First Omega Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health Fresh Market. Pop down and see him at one of seven Winnipeg locations. Vita Health, empowering people to lead healthy lives online as well at myvita.ca. Well, spring is here officially now, certainly for uh, hockey fans. Um, and Wallace & Wallace is ready to get back to work as Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists serving residential and commercial customers since 1946. If you need the security and protection of a new fence or if winter's done a number one on your old one, they've got vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences, whatever you need. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've also got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Visit them online at wallacefences.com. Give them a call at 452-2700 to make an appointment for a free estimate or pop down to their showroom for more on Lawson Road off of Caniston. Well, with the spring here, how's the closet looking, fellas? Up your menswear game, heading into spring and summer with F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties if you're in a wedding party this year. And if you've got a high school grad coming up in the uh, family for June, get the young man a new suit. And it'll come with a free custom shirt and tie valued at 150 bucks for any 2023 high school grads. Pop down and see him, 190 Smith Street downtown. Find out more. Make an appointment online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And a big shout out to our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ group. Um, hey, we are now officially into spring and uh, the good blizzards are coming around. All the new summer blizzard favorite uh, flavors are waiting for you. And if you've got some disappointed jet fans in the family, maybe take them out to Nick and Nicky DQ for a blizzard. Always puts a smile on someone's face. Uh, four locations, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's and DQ Niverville. Let's get the host of Skates and Plates 
yeah, you know what? Just as we get, as we bring in Brandon, I know there's so many people in here and maybe some folks that hadn't been here before, over 900. Hit that red subscribe button, by the way, if you're new and haven't been around here. We're here every day at 1 o'clock. As we bring in Brandon, if you missed this earlier or after the game, this was Rick Bonus speaking to the media after the Jets bowed out of the playoffs last night. Eric, just uh, overall thoughts on that one. Overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. There are better players who are so much better than ours. It's not even close. It's like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started with, back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top-end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. you got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. All right, let's bring in Brandon Rewicki. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, uh, we've been doing this for a while, following this team since 2011. I haven't heard anything like that, even through the entire Paul Maurice era. Um, whatever about the game, I, mean, I think we all know why Rick Bonus said what he said. What was your uh, first reaction when you heard Bones go off the way he did after last night's tilt? I, I guess it was it's about time somebody said the truth. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of hoped it was maybe somebody on the on the actual team that's gone through three different coaches in less than two years that would, you know, hold a little bit of accountability to that. But, you know, Paul Stasny said the same thing. He was shipped out. And now Rick Bones is, you know, basically echoing that same sentiment. And uh, I, think, I think we're all on Team Bones here. You know, I, don't, I don't know. Any, I mean, you can fault Rick Bones for some of his lineup decisions, I think, this year. But he did his damnedest to try to get this team to give a crap. And he's just not able to do it. And I don't, I don't think there's a human being out there that, that can. So I, I guess try to put a semi-positive spin on it. Maybe this is finally the wake-up call, the, the the splash of cold water in the face that's needed to necessitate major change here. I, I just don't know how you can do anything else after one of the most decorated leaders in the NHL last year says something similar. And then the head coach is basically at a loss for words in some mixture of rage almost on t like he's just, he doesn't know what to do anymore because uh, what what else is there to say at this point right Hus? yeah I, I i mean you know it wasn't even a minute but it said everything um and it speaks volumes about where this team is at and um listen i mean the performance on the ice told us uh, all of it um you know in a game with their season on the line and, and to me, this was more about the big picture, about how things fall apart, what he learned about his team in the second half of the season. Um, and, you know, Bones, uh, you know, we've talked about this before on the program, how there was a lot of truth serum early on, even when the team was winning. And then he sort of had to couch his comments and deal with things with kids' gloves a little bit more when things weren't going well. And that's because I think he was afraid of losing these guys. The one thing that I have so much respect for Bones, and I love the situation he was in this year, is that he is at the end of the road. His given F level for a lot of things that other coaches would really be concerned about just isn't there. And he has the ability 
to drop the truth that needed to be done. And um, listen, he tried a number of things, including, you know, benching his top line for a little while, which happens all around the National Hockey League at times. Um, we saw what the response from some of those players were for an extended period of time, and we knew that he was just trying to hold things together enough to get them across the finish line, which to his credit, they did at the end of the season. But it is so glaringly apparent, Brandon, that Rick Bonus ripped the Band-Aid off, if you will, and the moon's for everybody to see as far as what is wrong with this hockey club right now. And, you know, you don't often hear things like pr- pride and disgust being mentioned, but they were absolutely appropriate last night. And um, how this resonates within management as well as the team, to me, is the most fascinating thing coming out of this into a, into an offseason. We already knew there would be a lot of change, but I think it's quite clear that a ton of work needs to be done with this roster to get them going in the right direction as opposed to going down this slope that they've been on really since the middle of the 2019 season. Yeah, a ton of work with the organization, I would say. You know, not not just the roster, but I mean, from the top on down there, like, you know, if you want to have significant changes here, it's got to be all over the place. But, you know, it's it's funny, Hus, because when when that game was winding down, and I, I like most people, stopped watching with the, however many minutes left in the third period there. I, I don't know how much English soccer you watch or, or follow up on, but recently... Tottenham got absolutely blown out by Newcastle. I think it was six to one, and 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 the Tottenham players, maybe forced by the team, but the Tottenham players a few days later released a statement saying that they were going to be paying for any expenses from Tottenham fans that traveled to Newcastle to watch the game because of how disgusted and ashamed they were by the effort that they put forth there, <laughs> and that that just kept popping up in my head as that game went on yeah. there. Is that you know what if 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 the Jets wanted to take a good step forward here, issuing a refund to anybody with a two hundred four area code that made the trip down to Vegas to watch that game five would be a hell of a good first step because a few invoices fans, heading downtown. <laughs> yeah, well the fans showed up, but a lot of the players didn't, and, and maybe it was two or three of them that that decided that they wanted to play there. And how how crazy is it that in the span of four years? This team has had two separate absolute no-shows with their season on the line. Uh, actually, three, if you include the game four against Montreal. I mean, uh, well, like, there you go, then. We dropped that one. That one, one somehow got to OT. I think the shots were 40 to 16 or something like that. I mean, yeah. Hellebuck kept them in. Logan Stanley scored two goals. I mean, but, but I mean, to me, I was thinking about game six against St. Louis all, yeah, all night. Exactly. I mean, the minute that happened. And let's let's not sugarcoat this. One nothing down after the first period was an absolute miracle how it wasn't worse. Um, and then, bang, bang, right off the top of the second, if there was any doubt at what this team, uh, how engaged they were in on and how interested they were in in continuing their season and getting this back, we found it out very, very early last night. I mean, much like the final score in that game six against St. Louis, uh, it completely flattered the losing team and was not even close to an indication of the level of competitiveness that the Winnipeg Jets brought with their season on the line. Uh, it's, it's shocking. And and to me, the, the Cardinal sin of the game was that first shift of the second period where you play like dog crap in the first, but like you're down one, like, but it's a miracle, but you found a way yeah, you're, you're still, still in it. it. 
And the first freaking shift of the period, you have the Mel Carton boys, Dubois and Connor, acting like it's game four of the preseason in October, floating through and just watching. Everyone's just watching Vegas basically carry the puck into the open net. I, 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 it's, it's, it's so, this is so like Mighty Mites level of ineptitude that we're talking about at such key moments. I mean, watch any of the other games, and it, it is fitting, and I think apt too, that the Jets were the first team knocked out of the postseason. Because watch some of the other teams that were facing elimination over the last little while. Oh. I mean, if, if you spent any time watching that Tampa Bay-Toronto game, you would think the Lightning haven't won a playoff series in 70 years. You know what I mean? Like, they, they played like their literal lives depended on every shift. And, you know, it, it, it took a couple of lucky ones late for Toronto to make it look a lot more worse. But the Lightning kicked the crap out of the Leafs with their season on the line. You know, Florida got outshot by Boston, but there was a noticeable bite in, in the Panthers game throughout. And they've gone toe-to-toe with Boston. And then even throwing Boston into the ring, too. The Bruins have been shorthanded all, all, all series long. Yet They find a way to continue to play hard and play well. And, and so the injury excuse, too, gets thrown out the window for me with what the Winnipeg Jets were dealing with, especially because Theodore was a late scratch. For Vegas as well, like Vegas is dealing with it. Like they're you know, just, listen, it, it, you know, losing those players. I mean, obviously that's part of it, but does it matter when you come out the way that the team did yesterday? I, I mean, listen, this is not new. We've seen this before, and you know, we saw it over and over again this season when it seemed like things were slipping away, and it just got worse and got worse and got worse. And you know, as I said, somehow, some way. They got on a bit of a roll against some, you know, some teams that frankly aren't very good at home. Still lost the game that they had to have against Calgary and somehow made it in. But this was new. And that was what, you know, when Hammer, <laughs> when Hammer asked Bones, uh, so oh, it seems like this has been uh, building for a while. Um, and then he just went right to it. It's the same crap we were seeing in January and February. And you can literally go to the end of January, those two ugly home losses, and then the St. Louis game where Josh Morrissey put the team on his back in the third period, and that sort of quelled things a little bit going into the break. You got a win coming back, coming out after the All-Star break, and then it was right back for basically another four or five weeks of uninspired hockey, absolutely no response to the challenges of Rick Monas and I think that he learned all he needed to learn about that club at that point. And, and then I think did what he could to try to keep things together to get to the finish line and credit to him for doing it. Um, but man, he let it all out last night, Brandon. And um, as I said, I mean, the ramifications of this within the organization and within the team are going to be fascinating. Um, there's no doubt. I, there was a lot of change coming. I'm not sure though what Rick Bonus did last night. Um, ensured even more drastic changes, um, even if the team wasn't necessarily planning on it. I don't know how they go any other way. Good. <laughs> exactly. Good. That's how it should be. No, it I needed mean, to be said. Sometimes yeah. the truth needs to come out. I mean, you cannot just keep sticking your head in the sand and thinking that things are going to get better with the same guys that have been doing the same things for so long. No, I mean, you would need to reach an, an undefined term of complacency to throw essentially the same group of players back on the ice next year. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't do, if you want to take, if you want to be a, a half serious organization, it is a borderline house cleaning up front, right? Like there, there's got to be massive, massive shakeup because it's unacceptable. I mean, the jets are 
out of the playoff teams, the Jets are are, are the laughing stock. And 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 look at I mean if you I mean you probably follow a ton of people that that are either reporters or fans of other teams across the NHL, and everyone's just kind of like, what the hell's going on in Winnipeg? Like how 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 does this continue to happen year in and year out? So. I, like I guess if if you're gonna lose a playoff series and and you are a fan of you know wanting things to kind of get worse before they get better, maybe this was best case scenario that the Jets flame out with a total whimper, and instead of you know pushing Vegas to seven games and oh well maybe we could find a way if this and this happened like that that whole pipe dream is completely out the window here, and you know you kind of touched on it at the end with with Scott, but. I don't know, man. Looking at this roster here, I, I mean, I'll push Hellebuck to the side because that's, I mean, goalie for one, but contract status is a little bit of a different thing there. But as far as skaters go, to, to me, it's it's Josh Morrissey as an untouchable. Maybe Adam Lowry because of what he brings from a leadership perspective. Those are the untouchables, and that's about it. Like, I, I think it's open game for just about everybody else on this roster here. Um, other guys have stepped up at times, but it has been so unbelievably, impossibly inconsistent from everybody else. And that's, I think, you know, being pretty fair to a bunch of the players with what we saw effort-wise out of them in the second half of the season. You just you can't you can't expect to bring not not even all of them back, but the majority of them back. If if you want a fans in the seats, b dollars spent on your team, and then after all that, we could talk about maybe legitimately competing into the second part of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, people need to have a uh, a level of belief and confidence that, you know, what needs to be done is recognized and is going to happen. And I don't think anyone's foolish enough to think that these things are all just going to happen in a matter of a week heading into the draft. You're going to turn over half your roster and you're going to come in being a contender right away. Um, but honestly, I think they almost need a, a reset in a lot of ways back to um, the way they very successfully built a really good hockey club that, you know, unfortunately have been hanging on to for the last five years with diminishing returns year after year after year, despite knowing more of it. Speaking you know, you of know what guys- they need, man? I, you know what? I, sorry to, to cut you off no. there, but what this team needs more than anything, I'm not going to say centerman, winger, defense, whatever. What this team needs is a group of high-end players that set a freaking standard. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. This is this is what's acceptable here. Anything less than that, get the hell out. That so I don't. It doesn't even. I don't want to hear Shifley this, Dubois that. Get this top end center. Get this twenty one year old. Whatever it is, your top guys buy in, and they're the ones that set the way to go. A la Bergeron in Boston, a la McKinnon in Colorado. Go up and down the list of successful teams over the last several years, and how their high end guys play at, a, at, a, at an acceptable level at both ends of the rink, that is what needs to take place here. Who, who that is, I, I don't totally know yet. I think Morrissey is one of those guys, no doubt about it, who the other two or three will be. That remains to be seen. But that's step one. F- figure that out right out of the gate. And then after that's set in stone, we can decide on how we want to build a hockey team. Yeah, no, I, I listen, I could not agree with you more. I mean, this team, and, and this goes back to when we were talking at the trade deadline and everyone was all horny to make these big, big swings. And I'm like, why? 
I mean, I think we kind of know what this team is right now. And if you if you give up a bunch of important assets for the future to invest in this group, um, you're going to end up disappointed and it's going to put you back even more. Um, and it's part of the reason why I am so excited about a guy like Rucker McGrory finally coming in here because he seems to be the type of, of person, a man, a competitor that you'll be able to count on night in and night out that can be a guy that can inspire others, teammates. The leaders on this team, for the most part, I mean, outside of the two guys that we mentioned, Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey, um, have been absolutely invisible in the most important times throughout this season. And it's never been on display more than it was last night in Las Vegas. Which brings me to Dubois. And I mean, this guy, I'm not sure if I've ever covered or followed a player that's more of an enigma than Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I mean, this series is the perfect example of it, Brandon. Game one, he took over that game in the second period. He looked as good as he had at any point as a Winnipeg Jet, was engaged, was playing physical, was taking the puck to the net, was doing all the things that the Winnipeg Jets were dreaming of when they acquired him. Later on in the series absolutely M-I-A. And last night looked like he was um, recreating the shift a number of times with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, listen, I think we've all seen, you know, and it's funny, and I've even been one to to kind of go with, well, hey, you know, they will give another another big swing at trying to, uh, trying to keep him around. What the hell for? I yeah. mean, you need to move on these assets. Mark Shifley as well. I mean, they need to do what they can to do that because these guys are not leading the way anywhere but to the golf course at the end of April or early May, as talented as they might be when you never know what you're going to get from them. And back to your point about setting a standard, unfortunately, there has been a standard set, and it's a subpar standard that creates mediocrity and underachieving. And I think that really is what I'll take away from these last few years of this Winnipeg Jets team as constructed. Lots of potential, not as much heart, character, whatever you want, the engagement, all of those things that bubbled up in Rick Bonus's statements last night. Yeah, I mean, to me, it looked like PLD grabbed one of the iPads on the bench and was looking up Expedia tickets to Montreal. <laughs> like, it was... that That... I don't know, man. That, that, especially like you said, when you talk about what he did in Game One, I, I just thought it was the most selfish exhibition of play we've seen from a high-end player in quite some time. Because he just—it's—it's it's all about him. He's capable. He was capable of taking over that series. Like if if he was invested and engaged from Game Two to Game Five, I don't think we're talking about a four-one series victory for I don't know what it ends up being but to me it's a, it's, it's a completely different story like, was there, he but... worried he was going to play too well in this series and it was going to be too hard to move him <laughs> yeah. on and it might take an extra year we took care of that in games yeah, four and yeah. five I'll tell you yeah. that much yeah we, we don't got to worry about that anymore it, it's it's just it's it's mind-blowing that as a professional athlete you could go out there and I I, I don't know if he's happy like content with himself but like again you see how what some of these other teams and players are doing out there and, and some of these guys are collapsed on the ice after the games are oh, over. You know what I mean? The level and, of commitment from some of the players in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's so inspiring. And we've seen 
very little of that. Um, Adam Lowry, I thought, you know, did it just about every night right now for the club, and a few guys kind of followed him. Yeah. But um, listen, it's not going to be your third line and your third line center that's going to all of a sudden be the Superman. It's going to single-handedly win a series against a very good team that's playing together and with the will and commitment it takes to win playoff hockey games. I mean, there were just way too many passengers and way too many guys that – you know, really were part of the problem and not part of the solution. And that, I think, came out loud and clear from Bones last yeah. night. Listen, before we go, what do you, um, I mean, the Jets players, most of them, I would imagine, are going to meet the media tomorrow. I was thinking a lot about this because at the end of last season, we heard a lot of truth serum from a lot of players before about what happened. Everyone basically with, except Mark Scheifele, well, I don't remember how that went over. Um how do they come back from this? And and how does what Bones had to say last night affect kind of those year-end presses before everyone gets the hell out of here? You know, I don't even really care what the players have to say, to be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind they of said, sick. They said all they needed to yeah, say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're, you're going to do, like, talk the talk, but the walking part, you didn't show up whatsoever. So I, like, I really, I, I could just care less, unless it's from the mouths of Lowry, Morrissey, Hellebuck. Like, other than that, it, it just, it means nothing to me. To me, the most intriguing part is going to be whenever Kevin Cheveldayoff ste- steps up to the mic. Big time. Um, or, or Mark Chibbons. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I can't wait to hear what Bones has to say yeah. the next time he's in front of yeah. the, he's yeah, in front I, of the yeah, I, hope, I hope Bones is like, you You thought Vegas was spicy. You thought post-game five was something. I got a few more things to get off my chest before I head to the cabin here, but it's all going to be about what what Kevin Cheveldayoff has to say, specifically because of what happened, like you mentioned, at the trade deadline, post-trade deadline, where, in my opinion, one of the most arrogant, standoffish press conferences we've seen from a GM in quite some time. And he backed this core. I mean, he's a guy that's backed the group of players here time and time again, when, when many other GMs and teams would have shipped them out a long, long time ago. And he, you know, maybe said the infamous words, and I'll paraphrase a little bit, but we've got the components of a Stanley Cup contending team here. And they went out and rewarded his belief in them by pulling a no-show for the final two, three games of the series and getting just horrifically outplayed minus the first four periods of the series, right? So how, like, how, how he responds about that is going to be very, very telling because, again, I, I don't think, you know, speaking in in cliches and, and non-answers and non-committals and things like that, I, I just don't think that's going to work anymore. You know, the, the fans want to believe in a direction and a clear plan a clear plan for this team moving forward. Um, whatever that is, I, I honestly, <laughs> I think fans would get on board with just about anything. But, like, just, just be clear and concise about I, I what agree. is going to take place this offseason. Yeah, no, there can't be any word salad on this next one. Um, You know, there needs to be a a clear, definitive statements about, you know, what his plan is. And at a certain point, I sort of agree with Jeff on this. I'm not one that's always knocking on the owner's door, but considering how important this offseason, and at the end of the day, the, the ultimate decision makers, I think, need to explain to folks where they go from here and how it is going to happen. Uh, I'm sure you'll have a pop and skates and plates ready for folks right now. And uh, I imagine coming into next weekend after we hear what we hear from uh, all the parties involved tomorrow will be another great one. Brandon, thanks for doing this as always. Great to have you on the show. 
Yeah, yeah, this was a ton of fun. Thanks. I'm going to go grab some booze now. Have a great weekend. You know, I love You've got the golf shirt on already. It's getting nice outside. Yeah. Golf season's officially here. And I, I'm, I'm in a different mindset right now. It's all good. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, dude. There's Brandon or Wiki. Make sure you're following uh, and uh, subscribing to Skates and Plates. More great Jets content wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, well, there is good news. Bomber season's right around the corner. And heck, we've got two playoff games tonight in Winnipeg. Manitoba Moose kicking off their Calder Cup playoff series down at Canada Life Center. And the Winnipeg Ice and Saskatoon Blades beginning their round three series of the WHL playoffs over at the Ice Cave at the University of Manitoba. But speaking of the Bombers, it won't be long before we're at the Princess Auto tailgate zone, having a great time hooking up with friends before Bomber football. Princess Auto, proud sponsor of the Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them online at princessauto.com or pop by in-store at Panit Road or Portage Avenue West today. Uh, Our friends at Consolidated Supply also ready for spring. I know Joe is ready with irrigation systems for the province. That's getting real busy right now. Artificial turf options. And of course, the leaders in golf carts as the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba with both new and used vehicles ready for you. And other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens, as well as small engine parts and repair. Popeye and see Consolidated Supply at their showroom, open to the public, 1395 Niaqua Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. Well, with the Jets bowing out of the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, you might be jumping on another bandwagon. Of course, Royal Sports has you covered there as well. But as we get into baseball season, NFL draft last night, I mean, your favorite teams outside are away from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you can get geared up at Royal Sports as well. But with spring here, uh, the soccer department is packed right now, both with equipment, boots, and, of course, great soccer merch from around the world, baseball, softball, tennis, and a huge selection of bikes. Get on down this weekend and check out what Royal Sports has for you at 750 Pemina Highway and follow on Insta at Royal Sports Pemina. Hey, even though the Winnipeg Jets are out, the Stanley Cup playoffs are really just getting going. No better place to... uh, Get together with the crew and watch the big game that your local Boston pizza, the Fanalytics-powered menu is there for the playoffs, including the new dill pickle spears and the triple play platter featuring cheesy bandera bread, cactus cuts, and, of course, the famous Thai chicken bites as well. Uh, it's all there for you, and don't forget those famous BP wings and delicious schooners. And if you are staying in, order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's... Uh, continue this show uh, we really appreciate mike mcintyre jumping on a little bit of an emergency call to mike i knew he'd probably have a take or two considering the end of the winnipeg jet season last night and mike joins us now um mike I-, I-, I asked the other guys this right off the bat and i may as well start there with you you've been in a lot of pressers you've talked to a lot of coaches um where does that one rank yesterday for you in the most spectacular and what was your first reaction when you heard mount bones erupt the way he did yeah it was uh it was quite something Huss. no question about it and uh you know you wonder if that is just months of frustration building up or is there more to it for example is rick bonus was that was that his last stand and you know is this a guy who has has lost, you know, has lost his patience with a group that clearly 
um, wasn't getting the message that he was preaching kind of from the midway point on. And I, I really do wonder, you know, and it was, it was before last night that I was starting to think, you know, I wonder if Rick Bonus is in this for the long haul. And then to see him come out with kind of both barrels blazing the way he did last night, uh, it certainly makes you wonder what his future with the team is, along with, of course, a number of players and the general manager, Kevin Cheveldayoff. Uh, it just throw another log or two on the uh, the fire that was already burning quite hot. Rick Bonus uh, also tossed a, a jug of gasoline on that fire as well last night. Oh, that was a gas can. There, there's no doubt about it. A Molotov cocktail, or a few of them, <laughs> frankly. One in the dressing room, one in the front office. Um, it, it really was incredible. And... You know, you mentioned whether this was building up. It was very clear that this had been building up for a while. And, you know, he'd sort of bit his tongue, I think, being afraid about, you know, just losing players like he did when he benched the top line. And they completely went AWOL for the next two and a half weeks. Um, you know, there's there's so many things. We've said at times it seemed like a fragile team. It seemed like, uh, honestly, it really looks like, and again, I don't want to include everyone in this, but a lot of selfishness in that group. A lot of, uh, and... and I mean, when you're trying to build a team, we see what works. We see what good teams in the National Hockey League, teams that are real Stanley Cup contenders do. For sure, there's a lot of skill in that, but there's so much more that Rick was trying to get out of his team that just simply wasn't there or players that weren't willing to do it. And, man, was it on display last night. And that, of course, caused the uh, getting out the gas can, if you will, afterwards for the most memorable press conference I can remember in Jets 2.0 history. Well, and it had to just absolutely burn Rick Bonus that, you know, he's he's looking at the the other side of the ice during this series, Haas. He's seeing leaders on the Golden Knights step up big time, right? He's seeing a guy like Mark Stone, who hadn't played a game for three months. And after kind of a bit of a dubious game one, where there was even questions in the Vegas market, should Mark Stone even be in the lineup? Is he ready? Did they rush him back? Uh, he kind of put his put his team on his back and did the Jets get that from anybody absolutely not their best players were invisible and as you say they were selfish at times Pierre-Luc Dubois took a number of selfish penalties um, you know guys like Dubois and Connor and Shifley before he went down those are your highest paid players those are the guys that you you need to lead the way and they just didn't and for Rick Bonus, this was nothing new he called those players out before, but he obviously expected a response on the biggest stage and he didn't get it. And I think plus the conclusion here that one can draw, Rick Bonus was brought in as a fresh voice, as someone to, to try and see if he could get different results with mostly the same group. I think Rick Bonus has learned what Paul Maurice and Dave Lowry before him learned. There are some players on this team, quite frankly, that aren't very coachable. And doesn't matter who's behind the bench. You could have Scotty Bowman in his prime, and he would probably be as frustrated as as now uh, three coaches have been with this group. And so the onus to me now falls on the on the players themselves and the general manager and the question of whether the GM should even be the one, the current GM, Kevin Cheveldayoff, should he be the one to oversee what I think we can all agree is going to be uh, – a critical crossroads for this organization and a summer of what could be significant change. 
who, uh, in your opinion, who was Bones talking to? Was it the players? Was it the fan base? Was it Kevin Sheveldayoff and Mark Chipman or a group of all three? I'm particularly interested in how this will be received or is being received by his bosses. I'm fascinated, and we may get some insight as early as tomorrow. Uh, the Jets are expected to have their garbage bag day tomorrow. You might want to uh, grab the popcorn for that, Huss, because it could be it could be extra spicy given, um, I mean, you know we're going to put all of those Rick Bonus comments to the likes of Dubois, Connor, Shifley. You could go down the list. Uh, and Kevin Sheveldayoff, assuming that he's at the podium at some point tomorrow as well. And the way they handle those questions and what they say and perhaps what they don't say will be very telling. But uh, you're right. I mean, I'd love... I wish they'd trot out Mark Chipman, you know, tomorrow or the next day. I don't expect that to happen. I'm not holding my breath. I'd love to know what ownership thinks when they see the fresh voice like Rick Bonus, um, kind of, you know, detonating a bomb the way he did post game last night. Um, you know, I think in a way that frustration, he's kind of almost speaking for the fans. And, and I suspect Haas, a lot of fans love Rick bonus for for not holding back because fans are feeling much like the coach they see the same things Rick bonus is seeing and look this is a critical time for the organization they had over 1200 empty seats on average per game they've launched a very aggressive season ticket drive and the kind of effort that fans just watched um you know, it stretches down the the stretch of the regular season and certainly in last night's game for sure, that's not going to sell a whole lot of tickets. And I think it's incumbent on the organization. They have to be transparent. They also have to signal that the status quo is 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 going to go because the status quo doesn't work. We've now seen that through three different coaches and through multiple years. And so... Um, you know, I, I think Rick Bonus, he, he was frustrated on, on numerous levels, but I think probably at the at the end of the day, he was almost speaking on behalf of the fans, and I think the fans appreciated it. Well, I, I can tell you that uh, Bones' approval rating in the WST chat right now might be at an all-time high because, um, frankly, he said everything that needed to be said. I think part of the reason why so many people were enamored by Bones right out of the gate was, you know, not BSing everyone. I mean, right. th these are smart hockey fans. Everyone has been seeing the trend of this club, seeing what's happened, the ups and many of the downs, especially when this team has really been challenged. We're not talking about a Tuesday night home game against the Blackhawks. We're yeah. talking about getting a real pushback from a team like the Vegas Golden Knights that is built for the playoffs and, you know, how meekly they bowed out. Um, and... Like, I talk with the other guys. I mean, we've known, and I think that regardless of what happened in this series and in this playoff run, there was going to be some significant change. Yeah. I'm not sure that what we heard yesterday from Rick Bonus in the fashion that it was creates a, a situation that maybe pushes this even, even more um, in, intensely forward with more players involved. Let me ask you, Mike, how many players right now, when you look at the roster that played last night or at least on the roster, including like a Shifley or Josh Morrissey that was out. How many players would you bet confidently are absolutely on this hockey club next year when they drop the puck in October? 
of the 18 skaters, uh, well, an Arvid home didn't dress last night, but David Riddick is, uh, is a pending UFA. So, you know, of the say 20 skaters in that lineup, I mean, I'll, I'll put the over under on a dozen of those players being back next year. And I, I personally think Mark Shifley's played his last game as a Winnipeg jet. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois has played his last game as a Winnipeg. I jet. think he made sure of that last night. Did he even play last night? <laughs> I mean, look, Huss, I'm a I'm a big Air Luke Dubois supporter when he's engaged. I've written, I've spilled a lot of ink over the last couple of years praising Air Luke Dubois. And one of the things I've often said about him is his give a damn meter, at least I thought, was always dialed high. Did he sometimes cross the line and, and almost play with too much emotion? For sure. But what we saw last night and I know a lot of fans, you know, made the comparison. That was shades of that final Columbus game. Um, you know, he had a he had a great view last night, Huss, of the first three Vegas goals because he was on the ice for them and showing little to no interest in doing anything to prevent them. That was a Sunday afternoon leisure skate for a guy that, you're counting on to be an impact player and whether Dubois is back with the Jets next year or not, I dare say that performance may have cost him some money uh, with whoever he ends up signing with. Don't think that that didn't go unnoticed around the entire league. Um, the way he kind of vanished at such a critical stage. Uh, now, is he injured? He, he missed a couple of skates. We'll maybe find out a little more like, is he battling something? quietly um and does that let him off the hook a little bit maybe I, I just think the Jets needed a lot more from him they needed a lot more from a number of players um I'm not I don't know what to think about Blake Wheeler like is he done I mean I'll say this about Blake Wheeler he gave it his all in this playoff series um I just think Blake Wheeler's all is is that good enough even for Blake Wheeler he's a very proud athlete like does he does he decide? I mean, I, I don't know that he walks away from the final year of his deal. Only Dustin Bufflin walks away from millions of dollars for no reason. Um, but does Blake Wheeler get LTIR next year? Do, do they trade him, you know, so, and then he quietly, you know, retire? I don't know. I don't know how that plays out. And to me, the big linchpin here in everything, Huss, remains Connor Hellebuck because did Connor Hellebuck, look, he wasn't at his best in this series. There's no question about it. Um, but we all know what Connor Hellebuck can be. And I think Connor Hellebuck was thrown to the wolves a, a lot of times last night, for sure, as he was at many times in his in his in this season and in his career. It, it, just quickly on Hellebuck, it's funny you bring that up because uh, you know I'm out watching the game last night, and you know it's four nothing in the third period, and I'm sitting there with the guys I'm watching the game with. And can you imagine being Helly right now? watching what is happening in front of him, how, you know, so many of these players have somewhat checked out oh, and Loren yeah. Brassois across the rink in the other net on the verge of a shutout 
to eliminate him from the playoffs. Uh, I mean, for a guy that is such a competitor and, you know, has a, he does have pride. I mean, Rick Bonus questioned the pride of a lot of players on that team. I don't think Hellebuck was one of them. Listen, I've been a guy all along that said, this is the franchise player. This is the guy that they have to focus on, do their best to sign with a massive deal that he has earned. And that on its own will keep them at least in the mix with the chance to win every night. Uh, I, I really do wonder, and I left wondering how much damage to the relationship and the potential of Hellebuck staying here was what he saw in front of him last night. And can you sell him on massive changes that he still wants to be around? Because he's too damn important, um, much like a couple of other players, to have let go for nothing. Um, and that, to me, is the number one thing they've got to figure out. But uh, interested in your thoughts on that, because I thought last night's performance did a lot of damage to um, anybody's hopes that, you know, Helly would be the guy that will sign and then everything else will take care of itself from there. Oh, I agree. That That was, you know costly beyond imagine and and it was interesting Huss I don't know if you saw it Steve Eiserman yesterday came out and said the Detroit Red Wings plan to be very active this offseason in trying to upgrade in the goalie market I know a certain goalie from Michigan who would look awfully good in a Red Wings uniform there's a team on the rise a lot of great young prospects really good Really good executive and Stevie Y running the show. Um, you know, I, I've thought for a while that that might make some sense. And and what happened last night and kind of how this series played out has me maybe more convinced than ever, I'd say, that, that Connor Hellebuck may not be long for Winnipeg. This is a guy, it's not about the money. He just wants to win. He's already got his Vesna trophy. He's He's been on the record as saying there's only one trophy he wants to win uh, left in his career, and that's the Stanley Cup. And if he believes that the chances of that happening in Winnipeg anytime soon um, are, are are slim or nil, why in the world would he stick around? And so you're right. I mean, that that to me, that's where so much of this offseason starts. Before you even kind of worry about guys like Hel- uh, Dubois and, and Chifley and Wheeler, you got to figure out what's going on with Connor Hellebuck and if he's not willing to sign a long-term extension this summer, are you heading into next season with him being able to walk as a UFA next summer? I don't think so. Um, and to me, that's the huge telltale about whether or not this is a full-blown tear-down, rebuild kind of from the bottom up or more of a retool, <clears throat> which may be a very dramatic retool given that you could be without your top two centers depending what you get back for them. But to me, it begins and ends with Connor Hellebuck. And I don't think what happened last night or this playoff series has, has done any good in that department. No, and, and it just leads to, I mean, obviously our focus this weekend is going to be on what we hear from the players and uh, any management uh, coaches that are made available. Um, but very quickly, Mike, we go into next week where I know we'll be talking with you and the guys on a daily basis as to you know, this Jets offseason and what happens going forward. And, I mean, let's face it. I know we think, oh, it's a long time until October. Well, the draft's in Nashville at the end of June. And 
you know, for a team that, and I've been saying this throughout, I mean, I think they really need to get back to what made them a competitive team in the first place, and that was stockpiling assets, drafting well, developing them well, and and, and what they need to develop first and foremost is a culture of yes. commitment and accountability that is just simply not there. We heard it loud and clear from Rick Bonus, but from that, um, you know, that means that if you're going to trade these guys in the off season, you're probably wanting to do it before the draft. Um, and I mean, I think that if you go, I, I, listen, I do think that there is an argument to be made that with some of these players, you might be able to get just as much, if not more, by trading them at the deadline. But the other big part of that is how many guys of these, of the ilk, if you know that you are going to be dealing them at some point, do you want to have in the room part of this team going forward or... Yeah. Just bite the bullet, move on, and get started on hopefully a new culture, a new core, a new team. Um, you know, there's a lot to weigh on that from whoever is pulling the strings as the GM entrusted to make those decisions. Well, there really is, and and another uh, risk Haas, that comes if you if you go into next season and you decide, okay, we're going to uh, we're not going to make a move yet with Shifley, Dubois, Hellebuck, they're not, they didn't sign extensions this summer. Let's say that happens. And so, but we'll go into next season and we'll kind of play it by ear. What if they get injured before the trade deadline? What if Mark Shifley crashes into the boards the way he did the other night and now he's, he's out. I mean, what are you getting for him at the trade deadline? If you have an injured asset, little to nothing potentially. And now, now you're completely hooked. Now you lose something for nothing. Now, now it's Johnny Gaudreau and the Calgary Flames, um, and and you know that is not the way. Especially like you say, a draft and develop team, that is not the way to handle assets. And so that's why I think this summer is so critical. You need absolute clarity, especially on those big three: Hellebuck, Shifley, Dubois. And to me, if they're not signing here long term, you got to move them. And, you know, you, you hope you, you find a market. You hope you can drive the price up the way they did with, you know, Jacob Truba, where you get more in return if you could move the player to a team that ultimately signs him long term, as opposed to a one year rental, knowing that they have no chance of signing him and that they're going to either flip him at the deadline or they'll walk next summer. So you'd like to obviously find a trade partner that is a good fit because it would uh, juice the return. Um, but again, it comes back to should Kevin Sheveldayoff be the one in this position? And I think if you're Mark Chipman, True North, on a very long to-do list, at the very top of that list, you got to decide, is Kevin Sheveldayoff our guy going forward or not? If he is, I think you got to come out and, and tell the fans why that is and why they should invest, why they should believe that a 13th year of, of the status quo, if you will, is going to result in something different. And so, you know, again, I don't expect we're going to hear from ownership this weekend, um, but it would be nice if, if there was more transparency with what exactly the fans are supposed to be investing their hard-earned money in here. Well, it, it, listen, Mike, it's a great point. And, you know, I've said many times on this program, uh, I, I didn't think that, there was much of a possibility that this team was going to switch general managers. I mean, I think that, you know, Chevy and Mark, I think work so in lockstep, um, you know, with many of the things that have been, that have been happening. I mean, I think it's sort of that, 
you know, a lot of these things have been signed off on and they've done, um, you know, basically with the blessing of the bosses that, um, like, I, I, I didn't really think that that was a possibility. However, when you hear what Bones had to say right. and you look at where this team is right now, I don't know how, you know, some serious reevaluation of management and who the guy calling the shots is because that you're right. I mean, we can talk about Connor Hellebuck as one player. I mean, the one most important player is the guy that's going to be entrusted to be the steward of making these changes um, much along the lines like Bill Guerin did coming in and completely changing what the Minnesota wild are with some very tough decisions and some short-term pain, but seeing the benefits of the way that's changed what the wild have been, whether they win in this round or not. And that's where, you know, I've written in previous years, Huss, that the Jets have never done something that so many other NHL organizations have. And that is create a buffer between the GM and ownership, like a director of hockey ops or a president of hockey ops. You know, you look around the league, so many teams have that, right? Brendan Shanahan um, is that in Toronto. Obviously, Vancouver's got that in place. Like, you can go down the list and the Jets don't. I think that's something that's long overdue. And whether or not Chevy is here to stay or not, I think adding that position, the Jets would be wise to do that, that you have another layer um, of oversight, of, of scrutiny, um, because I think, you know, that loyalty with True North, while it's admirable on many fronts, I think it can also, you know, it's blind loyalty, unfortunately, and, and maybe you don't see things. Again, we go back to Paul Maurice. They weren't, they weren't ready to fire Paul Maurice. It took Paul Maurice basically firing himself um, for, for change to finally happen in that regard. And if he doesn't do that, how was he going to be given just an unlimited rope? And I don't know the answer to that. So, you know, I, I just think I agree with you, Huss. Last night, that was a damning indictment of the players on this roster. Who's responsible for the players on the roster? It's the general manager. So Rick Bonus's frustration, while certainly aimed towards his players, I don't know how you take that any other way than that's that's also a condemnation of the general manager who built this roster. Rick Bonus flat out last night said, this group is not built to win. This group doesn't have what it takes. So that's on the GM to fix. He's had 12 years. Should he get another one? Remains to be seen. Mike, great stuff. Listen, uh, we'll get together again early next week for a little more. And um, I'm very interested to you know hear what we get tomorrow from all parties involved. And uh, I have a feeling our uh, our visits are going to be, uh, to use your term, uh, much like tomorrow could be quite spicy for the next yeah. little while. Because, um, I, I mean, listen, it was great that the team made the playoffs. I mean, gave us, uh, you know, the city a chance to come together, as disappointing as the games at home were with the way they ended. Um but this is the thing that, it, like, this next two months, the heading into the draft could be two of the most, they should be two of the most momentous and impactful yeah. months in the history of this franchise. And there is so much hanging on what's to come. Before we go, let me throw one more thing out there. I mentioned this in my column today, Haas. And again, if we're talking about Kevin off the job he's done this year, Mikey Esamont was the kind of player that Jets fans fell in love with because the guy gave it his all every shift. Rick Bonus loved the player. He endeared himself to fans. 
the Jets gave him away for nothing on waivers. And isn't it something that last night, on the night the Jets were being eliminated and looked absolutely lifeless, and they sure could have used a Mikey Asamont in the lineup, or two, or three, or six. Did you see that he was named the first star last night in Toronto as the Tampa Bay Lightning went in and extended their season? Um, to me, that alone should raise some serious questions about the way this roster has been handled and and the mindset and the approach. Um, and, you know, that's just maybe a little more salt in the proverbial wound for some fans around here. Well, it's funny you bring that up. I know a lot of people refer back to losing Johnny Kovacevic for nothing at the beginning of the season, and uh, those decisions ain't getting any easier with players that we're going to be seeing play tonight at the Canada Life Centre in the Calder Cup playoffs um, that are going to... um, it's going to make for some very, very unique roster challenges to keep all of those players right. or have room for them to play, depending on what goes on. Mike, we'll see you tomorrow at the rink. Have a great one. And uh, next Tuesday, when uh, you jump on at your normal time, should be great. Really appreciate you taking a little bit of time for an emergency visit today, <laughs> considering what happened last night. Thanks for bringing the fire hose. I guess I'm the Arvid home of Winnipeg Sports Talk guests here. Uh <laughs> The emergency recall. No problem. Have a great weekend. Good stuff. There's Mike McIntyre with us from the uh, Winnipeg Free Press. Hey, shout out to Mo Jahangard. Mo, appreciate the super chat. Mo says, I'm really disappointed with the way the team played. I think we all feel that way. However, despite the loss and the hurt, this series has just reaffirmed to me how much I love the Jets. Uh, Mo, I I love it. Listen, there's there's a lot of passion for this club. And that's why I think it's just so disappointing what we saw on the ice, but so refreshing what we heard from Rick Bonus because um, a lot of those sentiments have been expressed on this program, in the chat room, around our community for a long time. Um, it was about time to hear it emphatically from someone that would know better than any of us the guy that has been in the room uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Remo, do we have marbles open? Yes, it is open, Hus. Um you know, exclamation the, mark marbles in the chat. Exclamation mark marbles will get you in trying a new bot today because the last week it did not work properly. Um, over 920, 900 people in chat right now. This is absolutely incredible. So please hit the thumbs up. Subscribe yeah, if to you the are channel. new and you don't know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. just do it. We've got a fun game. Shout out to Shipman Associates. We've got the new hoodies in. So for those of you that have been uh, one in the last few weeks and have been waiting, uh, we'll uh, make something happen next week for you to be able to pick those up. Um, but yes, oh, I see we've got some mute buttons in the chat. Yeah, and of course, I was, per- yes, I was perfect exclamation, until that. So. <laughs> exclamation mark marbles. Hey, there's Damn. a lot going on. Uh, but again, you got to be subscribed to win. So uh, make sure you just hit that red subscribe button as well. Um, and welcome to everybody new that might be finding us for the first time. No surprise that this has been a massive, massive show considering what happened last night and what we heard last night from Rick Bonus. Um, hey, just before we get to that, we will see what's happening tonight in the National Hockey League. The weekend is here, and I think considering what's happened over the last week and a half, there's a lot of you that need an ice-cold beer on a Friday afternoon. If you haven't gone down a Little Brown Jug and tried the new generic lager, you definitely should. It's just launched your basic lager Just better, impressively standard in the best way, light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with the light beer. Pick up generic lager today in eight packs or by the can through the tap room on William Avenue 
or through vendors. And you can also find it at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Well, golf season is here for the Winnipeg Jets and their fans. And thank God we're getting some nice weather and we should be seeing courses open in southern Manitoba very, very soon. Cannot wait to get out to Breezy Bend this year. Our great sponsors uh, out on the west side. Breezy is one of Manitoba's top private clubs with a championship course, top-notch practice facilities, and the best 19th hole around on their beautiful course side patio. Great men's, ladies, and junior programs and an amazing social scene. Breezy's the perfect long-term golfing home for you and your family. Find out more at breezybend.ca or call our pal Corey Johnson for more information about becoming a member. And a uh, big shout-out to Pitt and the gang at Aikens Lake. I know they, like many of us, will be very disappointed with the way that the season ended. But summer is just around the corner, and if you're looking for a world-class fishing adventure with the best hospitality you'll find anywhere, Aikens Lake is the place. Uh, whether you're doing a friends and family trip or an amazing corporate getaway rewarding top customers or doing a very unique team building experience uh, you can't find a better place than Aikens where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg find out more about booking at AikensLake.com and uh, you can also inquire at Pitt at Aikens Lake and by the way university students if you're looking for a great summer job still need a few servers and guides fire a resume over to Pitt at AikensLake.com if you want to spend your summer in paradise Uh, all right Remo we will be doing marbles in a couple minutes but there's still a lot that we need to get to but uh, great stuff getting all the guests in and out this has been uh, I knew this was going to be a big show I knew there was going to be a lot of people out but uh, it's been somewhat cathartic uh, for us to talk about it here uh, much like I think it was cathartic for Rick Bonus to just let her rip last night the way he did after the game yeah a lot of you know I think the Jets finished about where we thought they were uh, before the start of the season but watching it play out seeing what they were capable of for the first, you know, first couple months and then falling off to exactly what we've seen before. It feels like to a lot of people, it feels like this time last year when we had the Mark Shifley, uh, Paul Stasny availability, um, you know, it just seems like a continuation and you're at the point now, you know, we thought last year, you know, leading up to the end of the season, okay, changes are coming to the court. Changes are coming. They didn't make any changes. We basically had a repeat, except, you know, they won a couple more overtime games this year and were able to sneak into the playoffs. And now I think this is the time where people do expect changes with the players for sure. And I think, you know, the front office has to have some responsibility too. And, you know, I know Jeff talked about it as well. I think for fans, I think they're kind of getting, you know, we see a lot of, seeing a lot of stuff in the chat. I think people are getting kind of, you know, they're looking for change. Us And I just remember the Kevin Shovel day offs, uh, trade deadline uh, press conference where he made the fantasy. This isn't real. This is fantasy. I think that bothered a lot of people because we all love sitting here making trades. And I don't know if pe- if people out there have confidence that he's going to be able to steer the ship in the right direction if he is in charge of a retool slash rebuild, whatever it may be. So I think that part is even more fascinating. Well, for sure. And, um, you know, and as I said, I mean, it can't be a word salad the next time we hear from Chevy. Uh, you know, there needs to be, and I and I think there will be. Like, I don't think any of this that Rick Bonus said is news to uh, to Kevin Shovel Dayoff. Um, although maybe um, it's tough to finally acknowledge the fact that you know a lot of players um, that he's put his reputation on the line with um, have not reciprocated the faith that he put in them. 
um, but it's about moving forward right now, um, and there is a, a lot of uh, a lot of road to uh, to go for the Jets in this off season. And um, there's no doubt about it that the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets will be one of the busiest and uh, most important figures in the NHL off season. I don't think there's any doubt about that, regardless of whether it is Kevin Shoveldayoff or potentially somebody else. And you know, I'm not going to speculate on that, but it will be interesting to hear what we get from management uh, very soon. Listen, before we get to marbles and the cool bet lines. Bones is definitely getting a marble today, which goes without saying. Uh, but Remo, just to kind of wrap this and come off of what he had to say last night, uh, let's get to some of Bones' greatest hits from this year. Because, I mean, early on, we heard plenty of important truths of what they needed to do, what was missing with the club. And it seemed like the team, you know, did respond to it. That really changed, and Rick Bonus talked about it. The same crap that we were hearing in January and February, and um, we've got some of the memorable quotes from Bonus. Not anything as fire and brimstone as last night, but um, let's start off with one. This was Bones after that really disappointing loss to the Flyers at the end of January. There's a price to pay to win in this league, and you have to work, and you have to compete. And you have to do it every night. And as the season progresses, it gets harder. And right now, it seems to, you're, you're seeing what we're seeing. As soon as there's a little adversity, this group, we haven't handled it. We handled it well early in the year. We're not handling it well right now. Uh, the difference makers, you can't even find them out there. So until we, we make that commitment again to play as a team and we want to win, this is what you get. All right, so there's uh, some of Bones. And, of course, that was the game leading into the final game before the All-Star break. A couple straight losses at home. And then that really ugly first two periods against the St. Louis Blues when Josh Morrissey then in the third period put the team on his back, told the fans to get the F up and get into it. And, uh, you know, it seemed like that quelled things a little bit after a pretty ugly week for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Here's a little bit more from Bones after that loss to the Flyers, really the first time we really heard him call out uh, some of his players for some of the things that uh, were uh, reinstated to the post-game comments last night. Adam's line was the best line out there by far. We didn't have enough guys going to follow it up because we had some guys that clearly didn't feel, want to play tonight. You brought the full blender out in the third, and again, that's just speaks. You're trying to find something, I guess, anything that yep. works at that point? Yep. Did you see just anything? See, uh, we, we saw it from the guys we thought we'd see it from. We're disappointed that we didn't see it from the guys we needed it from. And for one of the first times that I can remember, there were boos, especially during that power play. I'm surprised there wasn't more boos. Man, we need a 60-minute effort. Just it's all we want. So all the fans want to see is a 60-minute effort. The wins and losses will take care of itself if you take care of the effort and you take care of the process. That'll take care of itself. Right now, the process isn't good enough and the effort's not good enough, and that's all our fans want to see. So they're justified to boo us. Oh, wasn't that a memorable uh, presser from uh, Rick Bonus uh, after that game against the Philadelphia Flyers when things started to to get ugly? at the end of January, which unfortunately was a sign of things to come. Uh, it continued through February into March. And on March 22nd, the Jets had another ugly loss. And uh, he was asked if they need more commitment from, once again, their best players. We can, I've got to get more out of them, put it that way. Yeah, sure. It's interesting, though. Like, I mean, players, 
I mean, a coach only can do so much. I yep. mean, you need the players to come to the rink and motivate themselves and, yep. and have that commitment themselves. Like, yep. So what do you need to do that's different than... Who motivates you when you wake up in the morning? Myself. There you go. Right. So why do you say then... Then that's because that's to do more to motivate those guys. That's what we're dealing with. So that's that's part of our job, um, is is to stay on top of them and keep pushing them, and don't let them get into a comfort zone and don't let them back off. And uh, sometimes you're doing that, you know, you're not even aware of you're doing you're doing it. So it has to be shown, has to be talked to, has to be addressed. So we'll keep pushing, and then the rest is on them. Yes. If we if we were allowing this and just not addressing it, that they can do more, then that's one thing. But we are addressing it, and now that next step, that's your point. That has to come from them, yes. Oh, that's what we're dealing with. Who motivates you when you get up in the morning? Um, uh, here's a little bit more from Bones uh, in that exchange with Billick when he followed up. It just it, Maybe it just seems a little odd that some of these guys have been in the league for six, seven, eight years and you're having to try in game 71, 72 to get them to motivate themselves. Yep. That's what we're dealing with. Fair enough. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with. Fair enough. Um, one more of Bones' greatest hits from this season as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets happened after that ugly shutout loss to the Sharks with their playoff lives hanging in the balance on the 29th of March. The inconsistencies of some of our players uh, is hurting us. Um, you know, if some of these guys think they're giving us everything in their tank, they're dreaming. Um, so we got a lot of guys in there giving us everything they can, and we just need a few more guys to jump on board. It's not over. We're still in eighth spot, and uh, we're going to find out what we're made of over the next little while. All right, there's uh, Bones. Uh, give us in the chat your favorite Bones clip from the entire year outside of last night's nuke that he dropped after the team was eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, all right, last call for Marbles, everyone. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And uh, by the way, hit that thumbs up. We've got well over 800 people in here still and uh, would love to get up to 500 for the day. We've got uh, we've got the marbles coming up. Where we'll give away that uh, new hoodie from Winnipeg Sports Talk from our friends at Shipman Associates. Let's get to the cool bet lines though, as Remus finishes up the uh, finishes up the entries and gets us ready to drop the marbles and uh, maybe have a little fun to uh, to end the show. Um, busy night in the National Hockey League playoffs. Um, you know the teams that were facing elimination so far, with the exception of the Jets, have found a way to live to see another day. And the New York Islanders get an opportunity to force a Game 7 tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Islanders are actually a slight favorite in this game. Minus 117. Canes basically even money on the road at minus 101. Uh, the Bruins, after dominating the Panthers, but you know being stoned by Sergei Bobrovsky, have an opportunity to ice this series and not get it to Game 7 at the TD Garden. Minus 175 for the Bruins on the road in the Florida Panthers, plus 148. Uh, straight up pick them at minus 108 on each side between the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. And then a little later on, this is going to be fun. I'm going to make sure to tune into this one. I haven't watched a ton of this series so far, but the Seattle Kraken on the verge of bouncing the defending Stanley Cup champs. The Kraken, once again, a home underdog, plus 124. 
and the Colorado Avalanche minus 146 to force Game 7 back in Colorado. That Seattle rink will be rocking tonight. Uh, we do have a lock shop exclusive today, which we put together. Dusty and I are both on the Canes and both on the Bruins to win the game tonight. And we're thinking there might be some goals in this Minnesota-Dallas series. We were on different sides of the game, so we decided let's roll with the over five and a half. So we need six goals in the Minnesota-Dallas game. Carolina and Boston, that one's boosted up to plus 625. Hit the Cool Bet exclusives and get on the Lock Shop Partner Parlay. It's there for you. And if you haven't played a Cool Bet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. All right, Reem. Uh, what a show it's been, uh, and what a day tomorrow is going to be. Locker clean-out day. Interesting that it is tomorrow. I thought maybe they'd leave it for the weekend, but uh, I imagine there's some guys that are quite looking forward to getting out of town. Um, so we'll have more on that throughout the weekend, I'm sure, on our social channels. Maybe even something more, but Monday's show will be massive. Jeff Hamilton will be back with us, and um, there's there'll be quite an autopsy of what we hear from the Winnipeg Jets over the uh, over the course of the weekend. Shout out to Roger Delorme, a, a new supporter of the channel. And again, big thanks to Colorado Lowe's for all those gifted subs earlier today. And thanks for everyone that dropped a super chat in for this massive, massive show. Um, uh, how are we looking? We want to get in to do some marbles here before we take off. Well, here you worry about the uh, you worry about the marbles. Let's get that up. And uh, what Michael was saying is that we knew today was going to be a big show, but. Um, wasn't sure it would be as uh, as packed as it has been. Still over 800 people with us. We really appreciate it. And if you are finding us um, relatively recently, um, we're not going anywhere throughout the offseason. In fact, if this is going to be anything like last offseason, um, the chat here in Winnipeg Sports Talk and now the new Discord, I imagine is going to be even busier than it's been maybe ever before. And I think today's show is a great example of that. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit the red subscribe button and find us wherever you get your favorite audio podcasts. And if you're having a bunch of uh, conversations with your crew over the weekend about the Winnipeg Jets, let them know we're here if they don't know already and how they can find Winnipeg Sports Talk each and every day. Um, all right, well, let's... Uh, Let's fire it up, Reem. You want to uh, crank out a little Tristan Rivers music before we yeah. uh, we get ready to go? Just tell me who I'm adding in. We got I. If you didn't get in, like you're too late. Sorry, but um, I got I pasted the names. We got 330 names. I don't know if that's a record. This but, this is who we're putting in. Okay, Bones is he already? We owe him a hoodie already. He already won one race. You know what? He might win again today. If there is ever a day, he is. He spoke for all of the fans last <laughs> night. Bones is getting a marble today. And you know what? It would be poetic justice if Bones won the marble race today. Um, so let's put him in. Let's put in Jeff Malott and Dean Stewart. Shout out to the Moose. They're playing tonight. Game number one. Game number two is on Sunday. Um, and let's also throw in Matt Savoy of the Winnipeg Ice, who joined us this week. It was great to have Matt on. Uh, game one tonight against Saskatoon. Game two tomorrow afternoon, 4 p.m. Did see a limited number of standing room tickets available a little earlier today. Not sure whether they're still there, but get on over to the ICE website if you want to get tickets for that. Um, and you know what? I'll say this too. We're not going to have enough time to do anything on top of this. By the way, Howard Ginn, shout out to you, Jet fan in Doha, Qatar. 
had a great couple weeks in Doha earlier a few months ago there for the World Cup. Great to see you doing it. And I guess right now it is about close to 1 in the morning, if I recall correctly. I think I was doing shows at 11 p.m. when we started, or maybe after 1 in the morning right now. Anyway, shout out to Howard and everyone that's tuning in from wherever you are if you're not here in the greater Winnipeg oh. area. But, uh, yeah, we've got those guys, and uh, otherwise I think we're ready to go, Reem. Yeah, someone's saying Sarah Orleski for her great appearance yesterday. Definitely down with Sarah. I Let's think, throw Sarah in. Because I think she's seen, like, Ken or Rennie wear their hoodie, and she was kind of feeling left out. Yeah, no, we'll hook we'll hook Sarah up, but definitely hook her up with the marble today. See if she can take it on. Yeah, um, trying to, I'm trying to close all my tabs. I got, like, 30 tabs open here, and, you know, with over 300, 300 marbles. Uh, I'm worried about it, too. I'm worried I'm about my computer, about man. This will officially be by far the biggest marble race we've ever had. I believe our previous most was maybe 260, 270. So we're smashing the 300. It might be more a little more difficult to see the marble, but uh, that being said, we're going to make this work. And, well, hopefully it works. Um, but nothing's working until we get Tristan Rivers to uh, fire us up with the Marbles theme song. Uh, I'll let you go dealer's choice at one of the oh. many versions that Tristan has provided us and Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners. How are you feeling here for the Tristan Rivers Marble Race song? Oh, baby. Um, a classic, or should I go something different? I haven't done this one in a while. I'll do this sure. one. Sure. The amazing Tristan Rivers music with the Marbles theme song. Kyle Forsythe, this is beautiful. Half dog, what's up? Great to see some uh, friends that are no longer in Winnipeg checking in on the fellas here on WST. All right, well, we've uh, played Tristan Rivers. We've entered everyone in the race. We're playing for a, a new WST hoodie. They just came in. Shout out to our friends at Shipman Associates for helping us out with those. And... Um, I guess what we'll do, and by the way, if you have one in the last few weeks while we were waiting for new sizes, they are in. If you want to send me another email or I'll send something out early next week and uh, we'll set up a little uh, pickup for the back orders as well as whoever wins one today. Uh, all right, CTO, where are, we, uh, where are we going today for the Marble Race? For the record, people are asking what tune that was. Uh, for the record, it was Backstreet Boys, but um, it does sound like Bon Jovi. So I think either one we're, we're okay with. Definitely, definitely. And if, you, if you're if you wondering about that one, you missed. Tristan 
obviously put together the original Marble Race theme song. And then for the Marbles Tournament of Champions in December with our friends at Consolidated Supply, did 10 different versions of the Marble Race song. It was his uh, Christmas gift to us and all the WST listeners. Uh, all right, people are thinking about a longer one today, Reem. Yeah, Temple of Steve was uh, thrown out. I'm trying to look Temple. for it. Oh, here it is. The Temple of Steve, that's 224. That's not like crazy. It's not like Slippery Still- Slope song, but that is a good one. Uh, Slippery Slopes was such a good one. Uh, we did that one last time. Yeah, I know, that was last week. Very, very popular one. I'm I'm good with the temple. I think the temple's temple's solid. All right, let's do it. The Temple of Steve tonight, or uh, this afternoon, shall we say? Lapsland, forty-eight minute marble race. <laughs> one day we'll have to do that early on in the show. We can just go back and get updates throughout uh, throughout the uh, yeah. Just started at the beginning and then wrote, all <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. we're checking out on the marble race. I mean, we're gonna have a long <laughs> summer here with no Jets to talk. About. I know there's a lot of other teams. Well, I'm looking forward to the bombers. Coming yeah, something up, but... something tells me I don't think we're gonna have any shortage of jet topics here on the program for the foreseeable future. That is for sure. All right, it's the Temple of Steve. Shout out to everyone that is in. Whoever wins, we got a new WST hoodie for you, courtesy of our friends at Shipman Associates. All right, let's uh, let's drop these marbles and get into the weekend the only way we know with the world-famous WST Marble Race to end a, a massive show here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's do this. All right, 334 in this massive, massive funnel. FR in DC looking very, very good early. The big, big start. The SMA. FR in DC with just an incredible start. Could potentially run away with this one. The I, SMA is in second. This is wild. By the way, if you uh, if you want uh if you want to go to the Moose game either tonight or Sunday, got a couple pairs of tickets, send me a DM uh, at Hustlerama. And I will pick one of the uh, one of the uh, people that send me a DM and hook you up with a pair. Uh, you can let me know whether you can go Friday or Sunday. And uh, as I say, I'll do that after the show. A couple tickets for tonight and a couple tickets for Sunday afternoon for the Moose playoffs against the Milwaukee Admirals. Two-horse race right now, FRNDC and the SMA. Uh, but looks like we're getting some uh, a little bit of challenges right now. Dave Martino, Greg S. coming up, but the SMA now is actually in first place. We'll see whether it can continue this. FR and DC had the great start, but um, has kind of fallen back a little bit on uh, the SMA, if you will. We've got some more obstacles. Let's see what happens here. Does not look, oh, shot back. The FR and DC also having a problem. Here comes Greg S. Wow, major, major move. And Bruce H. now in the mix as well. Yeah, you know, it was, tough. It was going to be tough to go wire to wire. K. Gotts thrown over the top rope. Oh, and of course, the Temple of Steve. This is a 50-50. Even if you're first, you're not in until you are in. Greg S. and Bruce H., who is going to get it first? And will, when they drop the marble, will the entry point be there? Bruce is in the mix, and Bruce gets it. Greg on the wrong side of it. Bruce H., our winner today. 
everybody else coming a massive massive marble race today with over three what 334 marbles in today's wst marble <laughs> race uh bruce congratulations on the win this is always my favorite part of the temple of steve when uh, everyone ends up outside and uh, getting the uh, getting the skull and crossbones speaking of skull and crossbones we'll see how uh, bones did a little bit later on but uh Bruce H is the winner. Our top 10, the Angling Oracle, Cruiser 24, Jeff Doron, Eternal Crusader, Captain Tuttle in at 6, Eugene C at 7, Russ Lowen at 8, Corey O at 9, and Camaro 928 is our top 10. Uh, Harmony, Solandophone, Mary Jane, taking her sweet time getting in harmony got in though not sure no mary jane over the top rope uh and that is it bruce h is the winner the temple of steve always delivers the excitement right there up until the end so uh bruce congratulations fire us an email at winnipeg sports talk at gmail.com let us know what size you are and as i said next week we'll uh Look to uh, get all the hoodies, certainly Bruce's hoodie, as well as anyone that's won in the last few weeks that we haven't had the size for you as uh, the shipment from Shipham is in right now. Um, Reem, that's going to do it for us today. But uh, as I say, I think it's going to be a very interesting day on the Jets beat tomorrow. And Monday's show, um, as busy as this one was, I imagine we'll have a similar feeling around it after we hear from members of the Winnipeg Jets and the organization tomorrow. Yeah, just looking through the winners here. Matt Savoy, 25th. Bones, 66th. Love that. Nice work, Bones. That's nice work, Bones. Jeff Malott in 80th. I'm going down. And yeah, I think that's going to be pretty hot here. Release the next week, depending on what comments come out of the availability. I remember last year's with the Paul Stasny, uh, Mark Shifley comments. <laughs> Who I think, can forget that? Yeah. I mean, I posted a video of us discussing that. I think it got close to 10K views. Um you know, we've got a lot more subs now. We've been along, around for another year, so I'm expecting a lot of, you know, probably going to be getting a lot of activity on whatever comes out of that. So it's going to be fascinating what happens, what changes are made, and when changes are made. Or, you know, Hus, maybe no changes are made, and they say, you know what, <laughs> you know, I mean, Hus, they were so— Stay the course? I mean, they, they just ran into the injury bug. It wasn't their fault that uh, they lost. I mean, Morrissey got hurt, Ehlers hurt. Um, Shifley. I mean, he's their top goal scorer. Huss. It was how were they supposed to compete? They were missing like three of their top dudes. Uh, well, you might want to ask Bones. Uh, and we did last night. Jeff Hamilton did last night. We found out the truth behind all of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The truth serum was flowing yesterday in Las Vegas after the game. You know what, Remote? Let's finish off this show. Let's play this one more time. If people left, if people were not here earlier on or haven't seen it, we still got nearly 700 people in here. We played some of Bonus's greatest hits, but uh, the hit that will be heard for a long, long time around these parts was after last night's game, 56 seconds of straight fire from the Winnipeg Jets head coach, Rick Bonus. If you missed it, this is how we're going to finish up the show the same way we started with uh, Bones dropping the knowledge on everyone with uh, what is up with this hockey club. Eric, just uh, overall thoughts on that one. What you overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? 
Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It was like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. All right. There it is. Rick Bonus. I think I speak for most of you. We appreciate it. The Bones chain is on to finish up the show. And uh, that was the quote heard around the hockey world last night that um, we'll be talking about for a long time. Garbage bag day tomorrow for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll be all over it on Monday's edition. Stay tuned to the channel, potentially for some more content throughout the weekend. And again, hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already and hit that thumbs up. Let's get it to 500 before we're done today, folks. Hit that thumbs up. We really appreciate you helping us spread the channel. Um, thanks to all of our guests today, especially Mike and Jeff, who came on sort of short notice for an emergency visit. Scott Billick as well, Brandon Rewicki, and um, everyone that joined us for one of our biggest shows ever on Winnipeg Sports Talk. As I mentioned, make sure you subscribe to the channel and tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk when you're uh, undoubtedly talking about the future of the Jets this weekend, wherever you are. Shout out to Michael Remus for making it all happen behind the scenes, and thanks to you for making this a part of your day. The off-season is on, and we're not going anywhere. Be here Monday, 1 p.m., live on YouTube for the next edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great weekend. Go Moose, go Ice. There still is playoff hockey around River City heading into the weekend in May. Oh, my God! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.